Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. Oh, and I'm Tessa. <laughs> and tonight's movie for debate is 1998's The Faculty. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is 1998's The Faculty, and I knew that the, the only person to truly decipher this masterpiece with this Kevin Williamson written just at Mount Olympus of a 90s movie which is a cult classic and I do really love so I am really looking forward to discussing it is Tessa Tessa welcome back it's been a minute how have you been hi um it's been a little while hasn't it I had to get used to the old tech setup and things again I'm good you're right good very good you got the Pat Butcher sweatshirt on which only like two of our listeners understand who pat butcher is will will you just will you describe pat for our international listeners um pat is a messy authentic british icon from probably the country's most famous soap opera yeah she's the queen yeah and infamous for slapping she had a very she had a great slap She's, slapping. Yeah, she's infamous for slapping, smoking, being a bit of a goer, and wearing a leopard print coat. A bit of a goer. <laughs> yeah, loves it, our Pat. She's not ashamed. Well, she was not ashamed, As... God rest her soul. Neither should she be. Is she not with us anymore? Is the, the actress a- the, not with us? The actress is still with us. Oh, okay. Pat okay. Butcher, I'm afraid, has passed on. Right, okay, the character. Yeah, the character. my... Because EastEnders is filmed, again, this is the the soap the really big soap opera here in the UK, is filmed literally like a 20-minute drive from my house. And uh, so a lot of the cast are just around. In fact, Max Browning himself literally lives like a 10-minute walk from my house. He lives in the next little... I walk my dog where he is. I think we've discussed this before, right? Ethany like stalked yes. him once. Yeah, you've mentioned it before because you've discussed Ethany's love for Max Branning. I'm right, very right, jealous. Right. Like, if I lived where you live, I'd be with the weirdo that camped out outside with like signs as they drove into work in the morning, like screaming, mm-hmm. "Sonia, I love you!" Like <laughs> that would be me. It'd be dangerous. Well, and I believe it. Well, the the, the reason I bring it up is my fr- my friend when. He was a student. He used to work at the checkouts in Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket here in the UK. And he's and he served the actress that played Pat quite a few times and said that in real life, she's actually quite posh. She's very so well she... spoken, like Queen's English, King's English. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> ve- yeah, she's very well spoken. Sounds like like a theatre darling. So the opposite yeah. of Pat. So for like American, Australian, European listeners, if you picture like the Queen, she's the exact opposite. Pat Butcher is the opposite. But actually, she was just putting in a stellar performance. Yeah. Because obviously, she's probably, you know, traditionally trained in the arts. 
You yeah. know, that kind of thoroughbred performer. Yeah, that's the vibe she gives off, most definitely. And I think she's... I'm sure she's been in other bits and bobs, but is known to be Pat. Like, people must just scream Pat at her in the street. Oh, yeah. You're Pat Butcher for life, and that's not a bad thing. No. At all. Not at all. But what also isn't a bad thing is the movie The Faculty. And now, this is kind of a, a perfect movie for our podcast because it fits very much in with the the teen drama genre though this is definitely more in like the teen horror thriller genre but it fits in that same wheelhouse's scream and i know what you did last summer which which were both written by kevin williamson as well and then of course we had cape side chats on our podcast where we covered where lex and i covered dawson's creek and you're a huge dawson's creek fan Huge. More so than One Tree Hill, even, right? Yeah, it, yeah. if I have to put them in order. Pr- probably just because it came first, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the original. To you, it's the original. I have a lot of love for Dawson's Creek too, but for me, I watched it after One Tree Hill. So, But regardless, or irregardless is my new favourite word. Do you know irregardless means the exact same thing as regardless? It just has an extra syllable. Therefore, I love it that little bit more. Another word like that is inflammable. I think if something's inflammable, it catches fire. And if something's flammable, it also catches fire. Okay. Who knew? There we Excellent. go. <laughs> <laughs> I just like you throw an extra syllable on. You just feel a bit more intelligent. For, okay. And which also, again, ties back to Kevin Williamson, who loves writing dialogue that has, you know, a lot of syllables in the word. High sil- Obviously, he's not writing my dialogue on this podcast. <laughs> but no. so it, it, it surprises me. All right. It surprises <laughs> me that, that being a Dawson's Creek fan, and so I assume a Kevin Williamson fan, that you hadn't seen this, and this was actually your first ever viewing of The Faculty today. Yes, but I also haven't seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I'm not okay. even sure that I've seen any of the screen movies. Wow. The reason being is that I am a very anxious person. It's well documented. Um, yes. So I don't need to be watching things that are suspenseful, too gory, mm-hmm. too mentally intense. So I a- avoided from really young all horror sci-fi is not my bag really either I just i don't find it that interesting but horror i had to just avoid i watched okay. um nightmare on elm street when mm. i was about 12 so around the same time the faculty would have come out um and i yep. watched it at a friend's sleepover you're trying to style it out and be really cool yes we're watching this horror movie but i was haunted like i really mm-hmm. was just so upset watching it i had to pretend i was okay came home yeah. probably cried to my mum about it and it like i would i thought about it a lot so i've avoided films like this even though this isn't since this you isn't were 12 on the, yeah this isn't the same level as Nightmare on Elm Street, because that's something else entirely. And this is... I actually enjoyed this. It was all right. Well, I think watching it now, when you're looking back at horror in this period, particularly in the 90s, and like you said, Nightmare on Elm Street, 
I actually haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street, but okay, I don't, don't. But I've seen things that would also fit within that genre from that time period, and you know that re- is really scary. But I think this particular time in the nineties and this particular style with this the teen sit, sit, like setup, it's like almost like the Final Destination movies as well. They they have jump scares and things but it's sort of like a pg version of a horror movie even though it's not and there is some like gory things that happen but it's not the stuff that's gonna haunt your dreams i hope i mean we'll see i'll see how i sleep tonight um yes it feels very much crossover between like scary slasher horror movie and the teen movies of the time. So there was a yeah. lot of... We were in the She's All That, Never Been Kissed era, weren't we? There's a lot of Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. out and about. Josh yeah. Hartnett that's in this, I think, was in a few things and was kind of like a girl's bedroom wall or guy's bedroom wall, but like a pin-up poster kind of guy. Um, yep. And that's obviously what Kevin Williamson does best. It's like the combination of his two... What a contradictory type person that loves like horror like but also loves teenagers making out you know <laughs> yeah yeah and making teenagers have yeah. really intense intellectual dialogue yeah that's the best bit well and i think there's so many scenes obviously we're going to get to all of it where you could just pick out the dialogue and you know it's kevin williamson and i was more familiar with it before i even had watched a single episode of dawson's creek because of the scream movies and so it's funny that you haven't i mean the first scream movie is an absolute classic like that's a top 10 movie for me of all time it's so good and the dialogue in it's very good i mean like critically it's like acclaimed it's just just like a classic it is it does have scary moments in it and it is more serious and sincere than the faculty. I think with the faculty, and we'll get there, I don't think no one ever thought that this was Shakespeare, you know? And I'm not yeah. saying that Scream is, but it definitely is a really tight script. And like when you rewatch it, there's it's it's really layered and nuanced. I would you need to watch it. I think you're ready once you now you've done the faculty that was like a warm-up you're ready but yeah it's and so i know you did last summer was kevin williamson as well but what's interesting about the faculty is he didn't actually write the story the story was written by the original screenplay was written by two other writers and then they brought kevin williamson in to sort of rewrite the dialogue so he basically had got the premise and then just put his Kevin Williamson-ness on top of it. You can tell you can tell it's him. That's quite good. I guess if I was writing something and was aiming it at the teen market, who would I ask to look over my script to make it I mean it aired, so it must have aired like Dawson's Creek was 98. He'd already done Scream, hadn't he? Was Scream like 96, was it? Something like that? 96, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they must have seen that and thought this would be brilliant. He was probably like really working on Dawson's Creek. You you would go to him, wouldn't you? To get to get that yeah. like real life teen dynamic element to it. 
Yeah, and it was kind of like the style of the time as well. And I mean, of the time as well, the cast. I mean, it, I was thinking about how expensive it would be to make this movie now because the cast weren't necessarily who they are now then or who they went on to become. I mean, they've all had like peaks and valleys of careers. But wow. I mean, first of all, this is happening at Frodo's high school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. John Stewart is his science teacher. Salma Hayek is is the nurse, right? Yeah. Shooter McGavin's his dad. Shooter McGavin! Oh my God, when he popped up. And what's funny about it is like, some of the other people I don't recognise, but Salma Hayek I obviously recognise. Shooter McGavin, clearly. And they... They are like big stars to me, but they've got such small parts in this. They're almost like may as well not be there. When I saw Shooter McGavin, I was like, surely his dad's here to save the day. Like he's going to become a hero. No, he's literally just there to throw out his porn mag and that's it. <laughs> yeah. No more flogging the bishop. Oh my God, that is, that's a Kevin Williamson with. thing. Because that's, um, there's a whole bit in Dawson's Creek, isn't there, about how they've got to use the phrase walking the dog because they couldn't right, use the phrase right. masturbate. And then it's kind of, it's called back to later on when Dawson's writing like the Creek show. And so when that phrase came up, I was like, oh my God, the guys just must just have a little black book of like words for wank that aren't yeah, saying syn- wank. Synonyms. Yeah. Masturbation synonyms by Kevin Williamson. Yeah, he, lo- he should write that as a book. But yeah, we'll write to him on social media and say, hey, there's gold here. If you ever want to just, you know, you need to make a quick... <laughs> Quick couple dollars. There you yeah, go. Yeah, because I'm sure he's broke. <laughs> but that—that's not even the. That's like a third of the cast. And you've also got the the woman from GoldenEye. Did you ever watch the GoldenEye? James Bond. I mean, Pierce I would have. I, I would have seen it, but they all kind of blend into one long film, don't they? The James Bond. I don't know that I could differentiate. Okay, well, particularly for people of our generation. The N six, the Nintendo sixty four GoldenEye game came out right in that peak of childhood, and so the game almost was just more popular or as popular as the movie. Yeah, but in it, in the movie, she uh, and so this is the teacher, the English teacher that is on and off flirting with Zeke, which there's so much to talk about there. Um, but in GoldenEye. Her whole thing is, is that she has sex with this guy. She's like an evil spy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And remembering I watched that when I was probably like 10 or 11, maybe even around there, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And she, I watched this in the cinema with my dad and she has very, very loud sex with this guy that's just like like a middle-aged sort of fat bald like not very good looking guy but she's like trying to get she's like assassinating him so she's on top of him having very oh, loud this is familiar and does she kill him while they're doing it yes okay, and basically yeah as he's as he is getting <laughs> to the end of his situation she then suffocates him by using her legs to like squeeze him and so he can't breathe, right? And so I was very confused. I was like, well, this seems very good on one hand. I'm 12, I'm 11, whatever. But now he's dead. Is that what happens? <laughs> you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's not a bad way to go, I guess. Some people it could might be think. worse. 
you know it could be worse but she she's she's in this and then you've got Josh Hartnett as Zeke who you know Pearl Harbor um 40 days and 40 nights like lucky number 11 you know has been in tons of things and then he's kind of fallen off the earth where's like, he gone where is he don't know i haven't seen him <laughs> like, no i don't know but then i haven't seen a lot of i don't know why i'm doing a movies podcast because you're saying all these films i'm thinking no i've not seen that but i knew he was famous he was like uh he wasn't my cup of tea but he was a big he was on the front of all the magazines wasn't he yeah and Elijah then the Wood, guy not that so much but <laughs> Elijah well we'll get we'll talk about Elijah Wood but then we got the guy that plays Stan is one of the Dexter killers in like season four or five I think you know amongst loads of other things uh you've got uh is it Dee Dee or Delilah 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 yes Delilah the girl that plays the woman that plays Delilah is in all the Fast and Furious movies yes I recognised her straight away. And the head teacher that gets killed is the Jumanji. Ah, She's like okay. the lead female. I recognised her face and I was like, why can't I place her? I was thinking it's a film with kids. And then when I looked her up, I was like, oh, she was blonde. Because her hair's right. so dark, it threw me off. But um, yeah, so she'd, I guess, already done Jumanji. Was that already out? I think, yeah, I think that would have been already out. And then you got Usher. That's really random. When you yeah. said to me about doing this film, I gave it a quick Google, <laughs> didn't I, to see if I'd seen it. No, I haven't, because I haven't seen anything. Um, and I saw Usher obviously comes up as one of like the top builds, and I was like, wow, Usher's going to be mm-hmm. in this. This is quite random. And I thought he was going to be part of the main group, mm-hmm. and he's not. He's just randomly... Why Why are you there, Russia? Like, did you not have a lot on then? Well, I can tell you. So he was cast and then his part was like heavily cut. Oh, was so he So he had... I'm, well, I'm assuming that there was something going on or it might have just been that they had to get the runtime down. I don't know. But he is in like on all of the movie posters and on the, on the front because they're... On the poster for this, or the artwork, it's the classic, what they were all doing, where yeah. all of the heads are in a line, going yeah. sort of Main from left to right. Main character beginning, almost like a triangle shape, going backwards both sides. Going backwards. And they Usher did the was same there. with Scream. Yeah. Final Destination, I know used summer, to have them all on the... Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I saw the poster, I was thinking he was going to be a main dude, but then wasn't. But you can't... Maybe it wasn't great. But I mean, he can sing and dance. So you can't have it all. It worked out for him in the end. Absolutely. You know, he, Usher wins. And we've got to also mention the coach is also like the T, the T-1000 or the T whatever it is, the liquid metal thing from Terminator 2. It's like the antagonist from Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. So crazy. The cast is absolutely crazy. But let's talk about some of the, some of the little bits here. And let's see if you can you can guess some of the some of the parts so robert rodriguez is the director which mm-hmm. he also did some little bits of like second unit directing on some of the screen movies but i won't go too much into that because you haven't seen them <laughs> you're gonna do that every time i can't no, seen it <laughs> well let's talk about the budget 
and the box office. So do you have a guess of to what the budget for this movie would have been? I mean, we're talking 90s money here, aren't we? And I mm-hmm. think it's probably quite low budget. Okay. Because a lot of the weird alien shit was puppets rather than CGI. So that yep. is the CGI that costs money, isn't it? Yep. There was some terrible dubbing. You know where they record the voice afterwards because the sound wasn't good enough? And I was like, oh, yeah. that's not... So I'm not sure... ADR. Yeah, that's it. So I'm not sure that the technical team would have been really expensive. <laughs> okay. It was filmed... It was just filmed sort of... Was it like Texas or somewhere like that? Like it was... It's not an LA studio... It was filmed in Texas, yeah. Filmed in Texas, but it was meant to be... It was set in Ohio, but yeah. yeah. But I don't know what movies of the time cost. What did... Oh, you probably don't know off the top of your head what Scream cost. I I know quite... I know what quite a few of them cost, um, just because we... From when we've done this previously. uh, Like, for example... Things like Jurassic Park, which is, like, expensive cost like 60 million oh okay i reckon this costs like 5 million okay it's a little bit low about oh, 15 10? oh 15, 15. 15. okay but is that yeah. still cheap is that che- that must be cheap for a movie though yeah that's not that's not that expensive they can't have paid each like like we say they weren't perhaps all huge stars then but they're like they can't have paid them all much to do it no, they're like by probably the time getting... you've paid them all a couple of hundred thousand, that's eaten into quite a bit of the budget, isn't it? Yeah, they're probably getting like quarter of a million each, maybe half a million for some of the ones that were bigger. I mean, Elijah Wood was already on his way, and in fact, he heard about the auditions for Lord of the Rings while filming this, like while on set. Um, and he they they'd been told that they're not accepting any more auditions but he put himself on tape for it and then there you go so he must have been like come um, on i look like an elven creature i'm tiny i've got a little high voice like how could mm-hmm. you he must have just been like this this is me isn't it you know imagine if they part yeah him. i mean i haven't seen lord of the rings <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is it just Dawson's Creek on a loop? Yes, you know this. Dawson's Creek and EastEnders. No, we did sit down to watch all the Lord of the Rings once. We thought we'll do all three on a day, like as a family. So we were like teenagers by then and my mum. I think we got, I think we did the first one and I think we got halfway through the second one and then the fighting started. You know, you've just spent too long with your siblings and it just, I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm going upstairs by this is shit anyway. Oh, you mean I right, you mean the fighting happened between yes. you and your family, not just on the screen. <laughs> not just on the screen. You know, you just start bickering, you just start pissing each other off. We've been together for yeah. three hours now, that's enough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More than. I mean, if you've done half of the next one, that's probably already like five hours. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, well so fifteen million budget, what do you reckon it made? I feel like like, I remember it coming out at the time, and I feel like it was everywhere. So, I reckon it probably, bit, what we say, in 15. Just mm. just before you answer, though, this is just the box office. So, this isn't taken into account VHS, DVD sales, all of that stuff. This is just, what did it take at the cinema? Just cinema tickets. 
because I think this is a movie that would have had had a good second life when it got released to physical media. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like a I classic don't... blockbuster rental. I don't know what movies made then either. Can you remember an example? Well, well I mean, Jurassic Park again. <laughs> yeah. I think is is made like just under a billion or something. But it but that's because it always gets re, it gets re released on the anniversaries to cinemas and things. Yeah, it's nowhere near something, that. I believe something like Saving Private Ryan. I could be incorrect on this. I think made like three hundred million, some between three and four hundred million. But that's like a mega hit, you know. Okay, and then you've got okay. I'm going to go somewhere between 50 and 100 million. Okay, a little bit less, 40, 40 oh, million. Oh, that's so disappointing. But, I mean, they made the money back. <laughs> it's double. They made more than double, right? Yeah. They made 15 million, so... But it's so yeah. good. Like, that surprises me. But like you say, it was a grower, wasn't it? Because, like, teenagers other people that go to the cinema aren't they like that yeah you know what i mean so i was kind of thinking oh a lot of people would have turned out to watch she's all that or like come on you'd be surprised though i i bet that that the box office for those movies as well would wouldn't be huge it's more that they're they have a good market for when they would get to blockbuster or when or they get played on tv a lot but they're mm. not necessarily the ones that people like Jurassic Park and movies like that, it's like I have to go to the cinema to see it. But also, when The Faculty came out, it must have been like rated R in America, and so that cuts down your audience as well because you haven't got families and yeah. kids and whatever going. Yeah. Let let me let me throw some trivia at you, some IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm. So it says here a lot of the filming was done at the high school in Lockhart, Texas, which is. You know, you said it was in Texas and the football team was used and the city was told to show up for the football game and were given fake T-shirts to wear in the stands. So they were just actual people. And one thing I thought was really good was that the high school just looked kind of a bit dingy, run down, the paints coming off of the walls. And that really fit into the whole story of it, of that it's, you know... like Casey says, if you're gonna take over the world, do you go to the White House or do you sneak in the back door? And I thought, and having a disgruntled faculty, I thought it was a really good choice for filming. Yeah, I really liked that. A lot of high school stuff is too squeaky clean, isn't it? Like it's a bit. Yeah. It really did look like a rundown, bit grotty. Can't have the air conditioning on. No money for mm-hmm. extracurricular activities unless it's sport like dirty lockers the showers were fucking hideous oh god horrible and he oh, actually just together in the middle of the room you can't even stand facing a wall no. <laughs> you know i was so uncomfortable with that with that prospect in school now i am someone that is incredible i pride myself on being very clean too clean in some regards you know my hands will like bleed from overwashing and things uh but in school i never never took a shower out of just the horrible fear of just like oh yeah here's what's a good idea let me be naked in front of my peers <laughs> that already ridicule and shame one another when you've got your clothes on let alone let me be unsupervised <laughs> in this 
horrible see and stan actually had soap on a rope i thought that was a bit much Me too. like I he's not in bit, prison that's exactly what popped to my mind i was like oh prison flick like do you not have a bottle of shower gel links was huge like they obviously didn't get the product placement for that so you just had to have soap on a rope i don't think that you're the only i think that's quite a common experience that people just didn't shower after pe i know that no for girls sure. did like you had your can of I don't know, impulse body spray and just absolutely coated yourself in it. But if you were like yeah. me, you also didn't sweat during PE because you just stood at the side and looked busy. Right. But I think if you were on a sports team, you did just shower together. I'm basing this on my husband's experience. Like he played for like the rugby team and they would actually shower. You got muddy and things. But school PE, I don't know yeah, that anybody yeah. showered, did they? Well, they're like the popular kids would, Mm. they would like love it in the changing rooms. They'd just be walking around in a towel, just loving life. I've already, I've already changed within that 30 seconds and I'm just, just waiting to please let me out of this highly fumigated room (laughs) full of Lynx Africa and just let me breathe again. But also I was thinking when, I saw the soap on the rope. Where does one buy soap on a rope from? Where do you even go to get soap on a rope? Or did he put that rope on himself? Is he fashioning his own soap on a rope? Or is that something that's in Zeke's car that he also sells to the, the other high school students? I don't know whether maybe... Is it more of an American thing, soap on a rope? Like, if you go to the drugstore and just buy, you know, like, hard soap... Does it come on a rope? Yeah. Because over here it does not. You might get <laughs> Please like... comment. Please comment below on Patreon. Yeah, we need to know. Like you get a loofah on a rope or like those weird yeah. net sponge things on a rope, a sponge on a rope. Yeah. But we yeah. don't get... You might even get a nail brush on a rope. But I don't know that I've ever seen soap on a rope. No. But, and where does he so, put it? Has he got a little zip-up case for it? Yeah, how is he storing it? I don't know. In between showers and practices. Yeah. I, I think the other thing to remember here, I guess, is that in American high schools, the age is different. So in our high school, what we call secondary school, we're there between the ages of 11 to 16 and they're in high school from 14 to 18. So it's more like if he's in his senior year of high school, he's actually 18 years old. So it is a bit different because by that point, hopefully, you're not, you've kind of lost some of that stupidity. Well, you're still stupid, but you've lost some of the bravado, I guess. I think that. It, the different it'd be like the difference of going from middle school in America is like us going from secondary school to college or sixth form. I would imagine. Did you go to sixth form or yeah. college? Yeah, to sixth which, form. Which sixth form, right? So I don't know. Is that it? Might have felt different. I don't know. I went to college, so uh, it was out at a different different uh, a different college, but. With you in sixth form, so you're still in the same secondary school, but now you're, you know, kind of, you're not part of the main student body. Did it feel different or would you still not shower? I mean, you don't do PE, do you? When right, you sixth okay. form, you know, unless you study A-level PE, 
I don't know that I asked them whether they showered. I probably was <laughs> okay. it's a bit of an odd thing to bring up. But it does feel, it feels different anyway, because you don't have to wear the school uniform anymore, which obviously isn't a thing mm-hmm. in the States anyway at most schools. So you don't have to wear uniform. You're allowed to just leave when you want and go and have a cigarette or go to the pub and then come back for your next lesson. So that's almost what, when we see movies and TV of high school in America, that looks to me what our sixth form or our college looks like. Because they can drive in America. Like in some places they can drive from like 15. So it's so different to over here, isn't it? Like it's almost like Mm -hmm. their 15 to 18 high school is what we would have for like grotty college or sixth form. Exactly. And then we would go to university, which then would be like Americans version of of college, of their university college. Yeah, that's the way I that's the way I view it as well. But yeah, interesting. Okay, hang on. That was just the first piece of trivia. The next bit I spoke about. Yes, we spoke about Elijah Wood getting into Lord of the Rings or auditioning. It was the film debut for Jordana Brewster, which he played uh, Delilah, mm-hmm. so the woman from Fast and the Furious, which is a big role for a debut yeah. in the movie. She must have been well-connected. <laughs> yes. Uh, the drug test scene, so you know the bit where they're all having to snort the mm-hmm. stuff, the homemade cocaine in a biro, as yeah. Chuck put it on Patreon. Uh, that is that was paying homage to the blood test in the movie The Thing. Have you seen The Thing? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> There's a good little earner he's got there, isn't it? Because considering it just costs like some sleeping tablets and whatever other weird shit he had going on in his house, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not costing him cocaine money to put that together, is it? No, five dollars a pen. No. Like you make a batch of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, you go about... to Costco, grab a massive, you know, box of pens. Yeah. Just a waste of the ink, though, isn't it? He just needs yeah. to work out what to do with that ink. There's a lot of middles just floating about, isn't there? <laughs> just middles. And... It's not great for the yeah. planet. The role of Delilah was originally written for Charisma Carpenter, but she turned it down because she felt the role was too similar to her character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah Michelle Gellar, the title star of Buffy, also turned down a role in the faculty. Mm-hmm. She would, would have been... I think she would have been good. I think a lot... I mean, I think it would have done better at the box office. Had she already done some stuff? Was cool Sarah into... Michelle Gellar? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Was Buffy already a thing? Yeah, yeah, Buffy was already a thing. Yeah. Here's to answer some scenes, uh, some of your questions here. Several scenes involving additional character, an additional character named Venus, played by Kidada Jones, were shown in the TV previews for the film, as well as Tommy Hilfiger commercials. There was, everyone was wearing Tommy Hilfiger in this. That was the thing, yeah. I watched the credits all the way through, just because I was... I was waiting to see who did the score. So I was watching it all the way down through and that's when I saw the Texas. Um, and I saw it was like a big thanks to Tommy Hilfiger and Tommy Hilfiger jeans. And I thought, I mean, but they weren't, I don't know that they were a huge deal in the UK, but 
or maybe I was just too poor to have Tommy Hilfiger jeans. <laughs> but they were huge. I mean, they probably still are huge, but they were a big thing then, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Tommy Hilfiger's massive still, like now. I mean, arguably bigger now in the UK than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like, John Lewis has a Tommy Hilfiger section now. Do they? <laughs> just, there you go, <laughs> if that means anything to anyone. Uh, it <laughs> she is also visible in a scene in the theatrical version standing next to Usher and John Stewart in the science class when they're looking at the new species. Mm-hmm. Jessica Alba auditioned for the role of Delilah. There's a lot of people wanted Delilah. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, so it... She was well. She was kind of positioned as the main love interest, but it, the movie gets so confused because on the on the main uh, artwork, Josh Hartner is in the middle, mm-hmm. but surely Elijah Wood is playing our protagonist. He's the and he's, I reckon, yeah, he's like the only one that's all right at the end. Well, and he's the one that we we follow his story. Like yeah. it starts with him, it finishes with him, and he probably has the most screen time. But I reckon that when they were testing it with test audiences, people were reacting to Josh Hartnett's character more, and so they would positioned him to be like he's the heartthrob at the in the middle as the protagonist. But really, he's just an awesome, you know, side character. Well, he's a main character, but he's not. He's like the, the he's the sidekick to Elijah, isn't he? At the end, um, I yeah. think yeah, it will have just been that his face would have sold tickets. Right, it? yeah. Robert Rodriguez, so the director, um, he directed Sin City in two thousand and five, and he again cast Josh Hartnett and Elijah Wood. I think I have seen Sin City. Is that like a comic book? Lots of it's in black and white type. It's like a graphic novel made it into a movie. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I've seen it once. It I was, can't remember what happens. Big. Things happen. I can't remember either. No. <laughs> it was like groundbreaking at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. I think. So do you want to take a guess to what the original title of the faculty was? Ooh, I'm... I wonder if it was something a bit more like traditional horror movie-ish and if it was called something like... I mean, they weren't weren't slugs, were they? What were they? They were like weird sluggy things with teeth. Like maybe it was a bit more in reference to that. So what? Give us some in. Oh my God. What would you have named it? I would have called it Slug Things With Teeth. Slug things with teeth. That's crap. Um, you've caught me off guard. I could have thought of something really witty and fun. But that kind of, like a bit more horror, because the faculty doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything, does it, on its own? I mean, mm-hmm, I know what it means, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give you any idea of what the movie would be about. Well, this title, original title, wouldn't have given you any clue oh. either. It was originally called The Feelers. Ooh. But that's, I was I mean, on the right lines. I was, it, it, I thought it was going to be something creepy like that, you know, like the slugs or mm-hmm, the feelers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because the they, they have the long, like, tentacly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have, I absolutely would not have wanted to watch that at all. Well, it's something that you won't be interested in because you haven't seen it, but the score <laughs> is composed by Marco Beltrami, who also composed uh, the 
the movie for Scream, and the Scream soundtrack has got like a cult following in its own right as well. This score was so good. I loved the score. That's why I watched it oh, all good. the way through because I was like, is this, a, is this a John Nordstrom? Is that good? <laughs> like, I was like, this has got to be his work. It's brilliant. Like, scrolling down through to watch the credits to see. I really like the score. Oh, good. Okay. Well, more reason why you need to watch Scream. Okay. It's classic. This was Josh Hartnett's second second movie. Mary Beth always introduces herself by her full name. We'll mm. talk about Mary Beth when we get there because yeah. we need to know whether you got the, the twist or not. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Williamson was going to direct the movie as well as obviously doing a rewrite on the script on the script, but he was busy with teaching Mrs. Tingle. So Robert Rodriguez came on board too. I haven't seen that. I think that's got. Me neither. I think it's got some Daw- someone from Dawson's Creek in it. I want to say Katie Holmes, but I might be making that up. Lex will know, and she'll be cross about this. But I don't know. <laughs> Here's something interesting. So it says Kevin Williamson, Robert Rodriguez, and Elijah Wood never apologize for the line calling Schindler's List fictional. And this has got a lot of people like thumbing this comment down. So interesting but i guess the point of that is i don't know is it's i assume that i don't know this to be a fact but i assume that it's that shinder's list and the story is fictional but it's obviously set in the very real times of the second world war i don't know if that's true or not or is is shinder's list was that a real story i don't know i wonder if it was just that it was insensitive to include any kind of to refer to it in any kind of jokey way because i thought the same i thought it was like a fictional story inside real events but again i haven't seen it (laughs) (laughs) or read it but you know i haven't haven't. (laughs) of course i haven't well i think they could have just used a different example like you said it says here that the film is based on Schindler's Ark by Thomas Keneally, 1982, historical non-fiction novel which outlines the life of Oscar Schindler, the man who saved 1,100 Jews from the Holocaust. So, okay. yeah, I mean... Perhaps I don't know. it's probably think... insensitive then. Yeah, it sounds insensitive, but... It, it was not yeah. meant to cause offence, and obviously it's a teenager saying it, so maybe you could say that well, that's her perspective... But sometimes yeah. it's just best to avoid any references to the Holocaust in a jokey way, isn't it? Like, it's just not... Don't go there. Yeah, if it's just... Un- it's unnecessary, isn't it? So, yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's let's talk about the film then. So, did you have any expectations going into this? And did you... What was your previous knowledge of the movie? I remembered that it existed and I re- saw the film poster and it looked familiar to me and I knew that it was like a scary film so I avoided it and that was it and then okay. I did a quick google to check that it was the film that I thought it was and a quick look at the cast list as I started watching because I recognized Jumanji woman and was like oh where's she from but that was it so I'd know I didn't know that it was going to be like a sci-fi fantasy like alien bug type thing i didn't know whether it was going to be just like a slasher film like scream i knew that some teachers would be involved 
but I didn't know yeah. I didn't know that it would have like a core teen cast and they were kind of the so I really had no idea cool well that's the perfect way to go into it yeah like I hate what I hate watching trailers for anything now because they give too much away in the trailer like I like to go into things with no expectation so I think that's really cool that you went into it like that the my my recollection is I actually no I didn't see this when it came out I think I saw the end I saw the part obviously we'll talk about it but when Mary Beth or the queen of the parasites jumps mm-hmm. into the swimming pool when yeah. it's like the massive monster thing I think I'd seen that part I imagine that was probably a well circulated clip of blonde girl gets naked out of the pool as well probably yeah sure sure probably I, but I think I saw that uh, that just that bit at the end at a friend's house when they must have had it on and then that's it really like I and then Ethany really loves this film loves Josh Hartnett as as I'm sure a lot of people did and we actually watched it probably about five years ago in bed in the morning do you ever had this beautiful this is like pre having you know, a child Obviously, and a dog that, even. That, yeah, that won't happen now. Just yeah, that watching just an never adult happen. movie first thing in the morning, just leisurely laying around. Right. I think it was like this perfect like Sunday morning where we woke up and we have like a TV on the wall, like at the bottom of the bed, um, which Ethany for years didn't want us to have. And I was like, but you don't understand. Watching TV in bed is the dream. Don't fight yeah. it because you think it's one of those things we're told that you shouldn't do. It's really bad for you. You won't sleep as well. Like, who cares? I don't want to sleep right. well. I want to watch shit telly until one o'clock in the morning from the comfort of being under my duvet. Yeah. And now it's even better because <clears throat> you can link Bluetooth headphones, your new Bluetooth headphones you got on there, to your TV. <laughs> yes. So I can be watching it in bed. She can be asleep. And exactly. I can be watching Prison Break or Lost or exactly. whatever. We've spoken before about how we're like real night owls and go to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, even though we know we shouldn't. But our partners aren't. They like, like to yep. go to bed, like sensible people at half past ten. And I They're remember, I don't do it so much now. Um, but in our old house, it was like a two up, two down. I didn't want to sit downstairs in the cold. I want to watch it in bed. And I had a cable from the yeah. top of the wardrobe all the way along with like an extension thing for your headphones yeah. so that I could watch Dawson's Creek in bed and my husband yes. sleep next to me. Perfect. We're the same person. I had the exact yeah. same thing, like an extension cable and mm-hmm. I ran it all like round the wardrobes round everywhere so it didn't get in the way yeah um yeah and i'd watch prison break and all and yeah i'd love it it's the best but now you don't need to do that i I miss the cable though sometimes there's something nice about the cable you can do that if you fancy a throwback weekend you'll have to watch something off the time (laughs) yeah yeah no that makes sense makes perfect sense but but yeah, so this was a morning, woke up. We might have had Luna, our dog, for anyone that doesn't know. But I think it was a situation where it was let Luna sleep at the just sleep at the bottom of the bed or on you know, on the bed at the bottom and let's put on a film and she said let's put the faculty on and it was the best. Like to watch early in the morning I say early, whatever time we had woken up. Because you don't really get scared that early in the morning. It's, it's daytime, you know. The days, 
the day is ahead of you and we watched it and loved it it was so good like i loved it and so it just reminds me of those good memories now of that sunday morning that i'll never have again <laughs> for a very long time maybe that's how we'll celebrate when our son like flies the nest and leaves we'll be like great up to bed let's put the faculty on oh my god yeah do that oh that's cute yeah i like things that got tied to good memories yeah, for sure. Definitely. And that's that's what we're all about here. So yeah, so I have I have fond memories of this movie. And then it's so it's so nineties, even though it's ninety-eight, so it is coming towards the end of the decade. But movies in this era are my favourite because they just remind me of childhood and they don't make movies like this anymore. Like they'll never make a faculty type movie ever again, I don't think, unless they set it in the nineties. And I miss it. But do you, do you think that's just being nostalgic for what we knew and grew up with? Or how did you find watching it for the first time, but obviously also loving things from this era as well? Um, It is very of its time, even though I wasn't watching a lot of horror. Obviously, I was watching a lot of the like sort of 12 rated teen, like we said, the Freddie Prince Juniors and the Heath Ledgers and all that shite. Um, so it's very much like that. So watching this takes me back to that time. But it's not dated. Like I think you could, other than perhaps some of the special effects stuff might be better. But even then I didn't think it was lacking. And it's not too... The fashion is back in now, isn't it? Like, yeah, by, like the, the, the kids want like the baggy pants with the cargo pockets on the side and like the crop tops yes. and the plastic jewellery. Like it's all back in. So I feel like if you released it now, I don't know that anyone would realise it was an old movie. It's not too... No, but... but can we talk about the cargo pants thing? Yeah. Because I've noticed this recently because <clears throat> I get, like, served, I think is the right terminology, isn't it? These, like, adverts and commercials on Instagram all of mm-hmm. the time wanting me to buy these slim fit, like, cargo trousers. Slim fit? Slim no, fit cargoes. Slim fit not, is that not? That's not in. Well, that's not. not that's not nineties coming back. I think that's probably them trying to put a more modern twist on a nineties vibe. I'm not feeling okay. that. I'm not. A well, huge... I'm not. I don't. I don't know how I feel about cargo pants. I've never had a pair. As you know, Lululemon's changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably just be buried in them now. Like, I'm mm-hmm. in it in it for life. That would be a huge waste. You should leave them as your son's inheritance. <laughs> Get yeah. buried in your Primark joggers. Leave the Lululemon's to be sold. Yeah. You know? I yeah. know. I know what you're saying. I... I liked the cargo. I had, like, the baggiest... Some of them were, like... They were like loose joggers, but they were kind of canvas with like pockets on. I that's all I lived in was like a bucket hat, and then like r- the baggiest trousers I could get. But you used to wear like the skater trousers, didn't you? That were really baggy. I had the baggiest jeans, yeah, for sure. They were they were um they weren't skate. Well, I had a skater phase for about nine months, and then I went into what we would call the rude boy phase which was for americans that's like the uk version of hip-hop i guess but it was more like garage but yeah i had just the baggiest jeans everything so baggy 
and then and then a period in my 20s where everything went as like slim fit down as it could and now i'm just kind of just don't wear jeans ever it's not about it those skater jeans throw a pocket on the side and that's just what cargo pants are and i don't know that anyone ever put anything in the pockets what did we have to put in the pocket you didn't have a mobile phone what would you have stored in that pocket just a velcro wallet i guess oh velcro wallet yeah absolutely yeah and a really chunky key ring for your house key. Yes, I had um, school shoes from a cheap shop that were like knockoff kickers. You know, like kickers were like the shoe. They yeah, were called. Yeah. They were called US Brass. This make. Okay. The Brits listening to this of a certain socio-economic status will know exactly what I'm talking about. From Shoe Fair, if anyone remembers that small short-lived chain. Yeah. And yep. they came with a key ring that was a spanner. Okay. And I still have that somewhere. Until very recently, it was still on my keys when I realised I got one door key and 20 key rings. So took them all off. But, I mean, I'd never tried to tighten a nut with it. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm thinking that you would have on that wallet, like that sort of key ring. And probably a condom in there that they gave to you free at school that will never get yeah. used before it expires. Yeah. Your, wow, smart, there's... your smart card for your nationwide under 12s account, like kids over 12s, like kids account. And that's it. Yeah. Maybe a bus you pass. Know, I, I still have my bank. My my main bank account is still my bank account that I got from school. Like they're like people from HSBC bank came to our school and just set everyone up a bank account. And I've been banking with them for like 25 years or whatever i feel like there's something That's not 20 there's, 20 years there's something slightly immoral about that like that's just how could we farm a future customers let's pretend we're going yeah. to schools to teach kids how to look after money and get them yeah. all into a contract while they're there i had yeah my, that's literally what happened yeah i had like my nationwide savings to start with you just had a book didn't you you know you had the little blue book and they'd stamp when you took yeah. money and then when you're 12 you get your bank card very exciting. Okay. There was no chip and pin then, kids. You still had no. to actually put it in the wall and take cash out with it. And then when I turned 18 and was supposed to get an adult account, I couldn't be asked to go in and do that. And eventually they mm-hmm. just sent me one. They were like, you you cannot use this card anymore. Like, we're forcing you into an adult's account. There used to have to be like a solo card and and not all shops would accept it and it'd be like embarrassing trying to buy things and mm-hmm. um, yeah do you yeah, used to do, be able to just buy stuff and like just sign a bit of paper when you bought things like you just sign yeah. a receipt like there was no pin at the checkout and there was no scanning thing it was just here's my card swipe it through the machine and i'll sign a piece of paper it's crazy. Wild. Now, I don't even take my wallet out with me. I just, like, Apple Pay on my phone for everything. You know, you can do, like, up to 10 grand on that. So, like, just by, without having to do anything. Well, with the contact list, it's just 100 pounds. If it's over 100 pounds, you have to chip and pin. Mm. On your phone, up to, t- not that I'm spending, like, up to 10 grand on, your on lemons and things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you can just, like, it's so good. I so I haven't done that because 
I'm a, t- a technophobe and I can, like what we were saying, I think it might have been before we started recording, but I've just started using Bluetooth headphones. Like, that's where I'm at. How long's Bluetooth been a thing? Probably since... A minute. Close been to the invention of the mobile phone, isn't it? Bluetooth. Because you used to be able to, like, Bluetooth your snake, didn't you? Together or something. Um, so I don't yeah. use phone banking because it's another layer of technology that I will struggle to get my head around. I sometimes want to not have a phone just to be like more 90s and just get back to like those times. But you just can't even exist. Some restaurants, you can't even order unless you have your phone and you have to like scan the QR code and then order at your table. You can't even do it without a phone. Like Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons do that now, don't they? Or like McDonald's, you can order it from your car outside and they bring it to you. You haven't even got to sit in the drive through queue. What? Is that what that what is? Because I, I, I went up to the drive-thru like a couple of days ago and my son was asleep in the back and I thought, sneaky McDonald's, he won't know. Mm-hmm. I ordered him some fries <laughs> for when he woke up. I feel like a responsible, thoughtful parent <laughs> of buying him fast food fries. But that was the first thing they said. They said, have you ordered on the app today? And I was like, no. That's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm here at the drive-thru. Ordered was fine, you know, all good, but... Yeah, so I guess you can just... That's crazy. You can just order on the app and they'll just bring it out. Do you have they've to put got, your licence plate in then or something? They have dedicated parking spaces. So you say, like, I'm in Bay 1 and they know that's you. And also, if you order on the app, this is just turning in, so I don't even fucking like McDonald's. McDonald's ad. Please sponsor us. Um, You can get money off on the app. Mm. They'll log on and there'll be, like, a voucher. So it'll be, like, I don't know, a Big Mac for 99p if you add it on. Or if you spend 15 quid, you get 10% off or whatever. So, it's, I mean, it's worth doing because it means you order you all go. the sides you wouldn't normally get, you know? Oh, I've got to bump it up to get to 15 quid. Mozzarella sticks, mm-hmm. sure. McFlurry, why not, you know? Yeah. You don't normally order those things, though. That's... I don't I go eat a McDonald's bit too crazy with the... I don't... I'm okay. not a huge... Mac... I don't like the burgers... So I usually okay. would just have the ch- breadcrumbed cheese sticks. I don't like their chips. I like a McFlurry. I love a milkshake, but if the bastard machine's working... It never works. You've got a one in works. ten chance of it being on, haven't you? Yeah. And that, and now the milkshakes are just kind of like air. Like, Have you been to America? You haven't, have you? No. I think we've had this conversation. The milkshakes there are like ice cream. It's awesome sometimes it's... you get one and it is like a really solid really cold milkshake you know like this is it and sometimes you get yeah. it and it's almost like it's already melted it's like foamy it's like the foam mm-hmm. yes. of the milkshake yeah. you're like where yeah. is the lump of ice cream in the middle of this you actually pick up the cup and it, you can feel it's too light there's just you know. nothing when i was a kid it was in one of like the newspapers that my dad must have been reading in the 90s that someone found half a dead frog in a mcdonald's milkshake like they were drinking it opened up there's half a dead frog now who knows it might have been that they put the dead frog in i don't know but since that i i'm 35 now if i ever get a mcdonald's milkshake i take the lid off and just stir the straw around just to be sure to make sure that the frogs properly blended before it was dispensed from yeah. the machine into your cup it must have that would have to have been either the person just wanted to get their picture in the daily mail and get like compo face and get some money whoa 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 my dad would not have been reading the daily mail let's just cut <laughs> okay, that narrative out but yeah go ahead <laughs> okay 
Or, the, like, an employee dispensed the milkshake and then thought, I've got a frog here, I'll cut it in half. Half in yeah. this drink, half in the next customer's. Does that half happen? in a Fanta. They'll that's, be fine, yeah. That's, like, Dharma level of weird, isn't it? What have they got a in fro- their fridge at home? <laughs> right. I, I opened the back door to let Luna out the other day and she started acting a bit strange. And I looked a bit closer and a frog had just hopped into the house. They're all over the place at the moment. It's frog shagging city out there. I've got a pond, <laughs> right? I've never seen so much frog spawn in our pond. Okay. It, there is no yeah. surface without it. A fish has died this week and I think it's probably because they can't fucking swim. Because it's just <laughs> can't frog spawn. They've been out there every <laughs> night going at it. Well, that's it then. But well, I, I actually think it might have been a toad because it was ma- it was massive and it just hopped in and then it hopped underneath our dining room table. And so I had to like, I sort of caught it ethically and carefully in some Tupperware and released him or her back into the garden and off they went. But was lucky. I mean, I thought, you know, Luna could have easily just, that could have been it. My dad, when I told Ethne this the other day, was horrified my dad my parents have been vegetarians pretty much my entire life i only say that because i think it makes it a little bit worse when you feel like we do our bit for the animals and uh he was cutting the grass and ran over one by accident the lawnmower he was devastated i mean is it better than running over a cat shit i don't know not for a vegetarian <laughs> it isn't that would uh, I, I tread on it you know when you tread on a slug you get Oh, it's Maybe the worst. You do a few a year, don't you? Or a snail when it crunches. Like I actually, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. Like I do get upset, but then I also eat chicken, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. no one wants to accidentally physically themselves kill an animal, do they? No, but that is the thing, isn't it? And this could go into a whole massive oh, debate could. about how you know if you. If you eat the animal, you should be able to kill the animal, yeah. you know. And I think I could, if I was thinking I'm going to eat it, I mean, I'd rather snail. rather someone else did it because it's a little bit, dirt, like, just I don't really want to touch a chicken, get my hands messy. But if I was thinking this is food that's different than, like, oh, look at these little snails just going about their business and I've trodden on you by accident. Like, that's I've no one's getting any nutrition from this. It's a waste well, of life. Well, a bird, a bird will probably come and get it in That's the morning. That's true. I mean, I won't start singing, but it is the circle of life. Yeah, I, I tried on a snail once uh, in flip flops when I oh, took Luna no. out. And it was right, re- yeah, and uh, and it went. And as I've tried on it, I and I think it was a slug actually. As I've tried on it in, in the dark, accidentally, of course, it is then sprayed as it's like condensed it all so up full. the it's inside like in a water balloon in it a slug it all went all up the inside of my other leg so like i did it with my right foot and then it so it squeezed all up this and i was wearing shorts Bloodbath. Um, absolute it was yeah but it was like black it was like ink Ooh, they're innards you know like when you're walking with your kid and they're like oh look at the slug and you're like those insides are out and you're like it's lovely keep walking where it's like brain yeah. on the pavement treading on one in it's, a sock you know you've just got a sock on so your foot's wet and you it's like on your sock and you're like flapping it around trying to flick it off oh my god okay 
We've triggered something here. Ooh. We have to put a trigger warning on this podcast episode now. A lot of people don't like frogs either, so yeah. A lot of like slimy, slippery animal content. There there is this is all it is all perspective though, because I have a friend who his wife hates slugs. And if the slugs are outside, they're not even in the house, like their house. If they're outside, she'll run out and pour like they're like there's some sort of slug repellent thing. It's but it's salt. the essential like salt kills them. It's probably oh my right. god, no. It's the essential same as wet yeah, pouring salt on them. And it really bothered me. And yeah. I think she brought it up and I was like, I don't I'm not sure. I don't think that's cool. Um but she no. doesn't give a shit. But but <laughs> it is it is just like a complete perspective thing. Um yeah, my husband, yeah, I, my I husband doesn't like slugs. You know, like sometimes you come down if you've got a tiled floor or whatever, and there they are, aren't they? Just cruising about in the mornings, you know, when it's cold. Maybe, I mean, right. they do in my house. Probably got holes everywhere. But, and he, that will, he will hate that. Like, it really, he's like, they're hideous. I don't really want to look at them. To the point that we now buy him, like, fake slugs as gifts. Like, because we think we're hilarious. <laughs> right. Um, but he yeah. wouldn't kill them. He'd pick no, them up with a bit like of kitchen roll and them. just plop them outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's how I move with spiders, all yeah. them things. I would just like get the old glass and the old. I had this whole thing the other day where I remembered when I was about 15, 15, remember, young, I was at a barbecue and had either I had or someone had like a bottle of Coke that had been drunk or whatever, and it attracted like a bee and a bee went inside it. And then a wasp came and a wasp went inside it. And we were all like, oh, my God. Like, Death match. Watching. Right. And they started, like, fighting. And we were all watching it. I don't know if someone put the lid on or if I... I don't know. I hope not. But anyway, they were, like, fighting in it. And we were all very entertained by it until it got until it went too far. And the bee, like, just destroyed this wasp. And then it was I was like, oh, I've got to let this bee out and let the bee out and it went and flew away that happened 20 years ago and i was thinking about this for like an hour the other day of how devastated i was that why didn't i break up that fight i had the opportunity to separate and save that wasp and save that bee and it really bothered me um and so but then when you've got other people like then i was thinking about all this stuff about how some people eat meat they eat chicken they do whatever and if you really see how this stuff happens like i remember this um is it gordon ramsay or jamie oliver thing where they were showing about a pig and it's called pulling the plug and so it's like a obviously a dead pig and they do what's called pulling the plug where they pull the tongue out and attached to the tongue is all of its innards and organs and pulling this stuff out and i f- honestly feel like if people had to do that themselves they wouldn't do it anymore. That's not me preaching. Just, uh, don't know. I'm just ranting a whole lot of stuff about guilt around animals and this bee and this wasp. And I've, yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. Like a lot of people, if they watched how food was made, especially over processed food, like chicken nuggets, for example, I do love a nug, then they wouldn't eat any of it. (laughs) And actually, if you're gonna, continue to eat meat that perhaps isn't farmed particularly responsibly or you're not sure how the animals were treated etc you can't really have a huge issue with 
anybody killing any animal in any way. So I mm. would obviously rather people didn't go to Africa and cut horns off of elephants because they think it makes yeah. them look like a baller. That upsets me. But then when I think, but actually we have animals over here that have their horns cut off so they don't fight each other so that we can eat the beef. Like, mm. I'm, I'm probably being a huge hypocrite. Like, well, I, it's, it's... like I, I get some animals slightly more precious. The elephants aren't farmed for that reason. So there's that. But you can't really have a huge issue with people wearing fur when your shoes are leather. Mm. So yeah, I, so, well, that's it. It like, goes try, into so many yeah, layers. I try not to weigh in too much on like, oh, you're mistreating an animal, unless it's like clearly you're abusing an animal while it's alive. But I try mm -hmm. not to because I can't. I haven't really got a leg to stand on. I eat meat. But but that's the same. Like as in, I don't eat meat. But I'm sure ninety five percent of the trainers that I have are like made of leather I, I do have a vegan pair of adidas trainers um which is quite cool it has this little like vegan stamp on the back and i think when if it's possible to do i mean trainers is a whole other thing because like the rubber that goes into it or whatever parts of it yeah can't uh biodegrade and you know it can just go on and on and on and on and on i guess what i'm trying to say is is as i've got older well always i've always had this massive conscience and uh I think that just weighs in on things like this. Like I could never kill anything uh, because I, I just, I feel the weight of it. And I think, I guess I also feel like we all kind of share this earth. Like why am I any better than anything else? And I guess people could then argue, but that is the, there's a food chain, right? But it's not even scientifically proven that humans are meat eaters, you know? So Humans are trash. The whole planet would be so much better off if we weren't here. Imagine if humanity just disappeared, <laughs> yeah. right? How yeah. beautiful this earth would be. How green and wonderful and clean the air would be. And like it would be like a it would be like Jumanji when the vines take over, but all yeah. the time and just beautiful. I mean one well, you day know what we it need. will happen, but we, we need some parasites to come down from another world you... where their oceans are drying up and take over. Chef's kiss to that beautiful, like, bringing it back round <laughs> to what we're talking about. Although these parasites wouldn't survive that because they like water. If the earth was dry, or maybe if the mm -hmm. ice caps continue to melt... And all the people are so wiped done out. Something. Yeah, our climate climate change has worked to a certain extent yeah. to make them more. You know, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Well, why don't we start <laughs> at the beginning? Well, so we, should. we start with the coach, who's kind of just being. He's just dick. He's worse than just Lucas shouting. in skills. Like Lucas, we at the moment, if you're watching listening to the Ravens One Tree Hill content. Mm -hmm. Um I'm quite behind. We're before Christmas and Lucas is the trash coach. Worse than That's him. Still the same. The first thing I March. wrote down in my notebook was worse coach than Lucas. It was horrible. And I get that. I guess my my second question, or that's I agree. My first question is with the coach is shouting, being abusive. We then flick over to Stan and 
Gabe, who is Usher. Gabe is forever going to be called Usher because it's just yeah. easier. Yeah. Usher, Usher is even not, I guess he's just not wearing a shirt underneath his pads. But so it just looks like he's wearing a crop top and he's mm. just got his belly button out. <laughs> well, that's a look. I think that's probably a style choice. Wasn't it LL Cool J that used to wear like quite cropped tops? LL Cool J used to have like one, one he'd have one, one of le- his yeah. legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a thing to have like a cropped top. Probably earlier than 98, but... I guess my thing is, is if I was doing that, then they'd just be like, hey, there's Simon, there's Simon, he's got a little belly. <laughs> just a little, oh, like, little, yeah. just be a little, it's all right, I'm 35, it's fine, dad body, but it'd just be a little, like, they'd be like, oh, let me put that away. Yeah. Why don't you cover that up? That looks sensitive, like that's little, not going to be like good. Just like a little pasty, delicate belly button that's not used to the light of day, you know? Yeah. Like a little yeah, scrawny exactly. little... <laughs> Someone's going to, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, like, that needs some padding, but yeah. not. But Usher's got a flat, is a flat toned stomach. So of course he does. Yeah, all that dancing. Yeah, that's a style uh, choice. But of course, as well, this is the era. Though I don't think we've really got that far away from it even today, where all these actors are clearly older than what they're supposed to be. Yeah, right? Eli- they're all like, in their twenties. Convincing. Because even now, yeah. he looks has the face of a child, unless he's got a beard. Yeah. So he pulls it off quite well, but the others look too old. Yeah, they're sure. all like 22, 23, maybe even 24 in real life at this point, surely. playing Meant to be playing 17, 18-year-olds. I think that's become the norm so much in film and TV shows that our minds were almost just tricked into, we just go with it. Because we yeah. always think this is just what teenagers should look like. We feel wo- woefully inadequate, but this is what teenagers should look like. Maybe that's like a British watching a lot of American stuff thing. Because the teenagers mm-hmm. on EastEnders are like, they're scrawny, pathetic. Do you know what I mean? American again, TV, I think they're like hunks and babes, aren't they? Yeah, but again, I think it's that thing of that they are actually older, like mm. as in their high school is actually older than our secondary school. And I think they they mature just a bit quicker. Like when I was in America working at the summer camps, we would have what were called OSIs, which were basically like high school students that would come and they'd sort of, they're almost like interning as staff. They'd become staff the next the next summer when they turned 18. They were all way more mature than I was when I was that age. And so I think some of it's because, like you said, they're driving earlier. But high school also is they have all of this extracurricular aspects, like all these different sports teams and clubs and all this cool stuff. And I don't, I don't, I can't speak to your experience, but at my school there was nothing. There was a rugby team and a football team, and the same people that played in the rugby team also played in the football team, and that was it. There was nothing else. And no one would go and watch any of the games or anything. There was none of that shit. No school discos, no nothing. I literally thought... I I felt like in secondary school, I was at prison and I get to go on home release for evenings and weekends. Like, that was it. (laughs) That's not a joke. I did did five-year bid. I had a five-year sentence... (laughs) Oh, gosh. That means you got longer than Dan Scott got for killing his brother, because didn't he do, like, four and a half? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think as a nation, we're not good at enthusiasm for anything. Mm-hmm. So we don't, you need a committee of people that are really enthusiastic if you want to throw a formal dance. That doesn't happen here. If you want a pet rally and you want people to actually go and watch the team games, someone needs to organise that. Who can be asked? We've got one minibus. We take the one team to the school 15 miles away. No one goes in support. I don't think the parents even fucking go. No one cares. And you're right. It's the same group of like 15 lads are on all the sports teams. Same with the girls, the hockey team and the netball team. Same team. You may as well do both games while you're there. Get out the way, save the money, driving to the school again the following week. No one gave a shit. We had discos when we were like 11 or 12, like little discos. But then I think you feel like you're all too cool to stand in a room and dance. So that falls by the wayside. And then there's nothing until you leave school. You have your leaving ceremony. We had what they called a prom, but was just an overpriced shit dinner at the local sort of wedding venue. Um, We had house parties, but there were no red cups. There was no beer pong. It was just drink as much as you can quickly that you stole from your parents, vomit and go home. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Good. Well, we've we've there we've decided we've described the differences between the British and American experience. <laughs> yeah. But so, if we talk about in actual terms what's happening, though, of course we don't know. Mary Beth has we don't see her, but has I don't know what you call it infected, infiltrated, planted the parasite within the coach. Right, that's mm-hmm. how. It has begun. Now, what I thought was missing on repeat viewing was... So, Mary Beth, the human, never existed, right? Like, as in... Mm. You know how at the end, everyone goes back to being human? Wouldn't it have been nice to see Mary Beth goes back to being a human? But no, I don't think Mary Beth ever existed. She's not a real person, right? It's not like somewhat... So, how did the parasite do that yes it's not like a men in black situation where it comes down and then wears edgar's skin which we quote that in our house all the time if we have to say or is that better we do it as edgar from men in black you know there is that better and he's like pulling his skin we do that every time so it wasn't that scenario was it because otherwise the real mary beth although actually if you've been skinned I don't think that the parasite disappearing is going to reverse that for you, is it? Like, some of them didn't come back, did they? Because they were destroyed. Because, Complete, yeah, like, like human John form. Stewart in the eye and, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So maybe there was a Mary Beth, but she is literally just, like, muscles and a skeleton and organs laying somewhere else. Okay. There's so no coming back what... from that. But they would have been nice to explain it or to somehow show that... Mary Beth had... It doesn't answer any of those questions, this film, does it? Where did the parasite come from? Did all the little bug bits that were floating around, did they all disappear as well? Or do they crawl off down into little wormholes and they're going to pop up somewhere else? Where's the faculty to? You know, where is it happening again? Where's the planet? Like, where's the... Did area is it area fifty one fifty four is that studio fifty four area fifty one like where's that where's the FBI where's them where's the 
government cover up. You don't even see like special agents or it's, it does leave a lot unresolved. Definitely, definitely, and we'll talk about that. The ending to this, not the ending of everything's okay but the last scene of what has now happened one month later with all Mm -hmm. of the characters is absolutely absurd like it's like it's it's like someone said quick tell me the last scene but you've only got 10 seconds uh okay well um they've all they're all really cool and get on now and they've all coupled off delilah's with casey for some reason what i mean we'll get there yeah We'll get there, but yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? So, but okay, so we get to a faculty meeting. There's no money for nothing. Mm-hmm. There's a disgruntled staff team. All the money goes to the football team because that's all that people are interested in in that town. It moves on, but then we get our first attack of the coach attacking the principal shoving the pencil through her hand that happens and like chasing straight her away around. that happens so quickly into the film how did how did you feel what did you watch this in the morning today you said yeah. you were going to watch it yeah this i did morning. yeah i had to rent it <laughs> from where prime yes that's the first time i've ever paid for anything on there and i'm so fucking cross because as if they need any more of my money if i pay for prime include everything in the price I don't get okay. it as a business model, yet somehow it's successful. Anyway, they've robbed me this morning of like three eighty nine or whatever it costs me. You only get it for forty eight hours. I'm gonna you have to watch, watch it again. again. Though, I'm gonna no. have to yeah. just on a loop to get my money's worth. I could have bought it on DVD <laughs> for a pound in a charity shop. Anyway, that's never here nor that's there. A, that's a tr- that's a treat for next time you're in a charity shop. If you see it, you have to buy it now. You've podcasted it. I mean, it's, if I can scrape you know. together the money, now I've paid the free <laughs> 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 Um Yeah, so I watched it in the morning, which my options were to either watch it really late last night or this morning, and I thought, do you know what? Let's go for a morning view, daylight hours, husband's awake, just in case I need protection from anything that may jump out of the screen. Um, yeah. And it, I felt like it got going really quick. I thought it would be a slower burn. But actually, from what I n- know about Scream, that gets started quite quickly as well, doesn't it? It would like... Imme- like is immediately. It, is it Drew Barrymore gets it? Yeah. yeah. So maybe that is quite in keeping with the genre. But, I mean, Scream is ten times scarier than this. Like, yeah. it's brutal. But th- this is like diet Scream. But it's still fun and it still has the kevin williamson dialogue over yeah. it you know sleep it off coach and all of that stuff but yeah he's then chasing her around did what had did it get you the twist of she's out she's locked the door but then the other teacher just starts like hacking her up with scissors well I, the, my first thought was that i was I didn't get that the other teacher was going to not help her because I thought this other teacher looks like a spare. If anything, I thought he would get the other teacher first. Well, I mean, he clearly already had, but in that scenario. And then when she gets done with the scissors, I thought, oh, fucking hell. Like, she's, I thought she was going to make it to the end, that because te- she's a well-known face to me. I thought they can't kill her off straight away. And then obviously she's not dead, dead, is she? Because I didn't know where it was going. I thought... I knew that he must have been turned by something, but you don't know if it's just a zombie or if he's just going to kill people. It's just him. 
So I was like, oh, okay, we're straight in. It's quite dramatic with zombie teacher. Yeah. And, and there's the line that they both say of, I've always wanted to do that. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's the beginning of them showing that they've been taken over by parasites, but that the parasite is connected and is kind of sharing like one brain but through themselves and so they've got some synergy but they don't really continue that no and now i i I, when i first watched it before i sort of sat and thought about it i thought it was just that they think she's a bitch like they both just think frank fuck she's dead she was really (laughs) annoying like she didn't really have money for anything like as the head teacher i guess she's their boss maybe that she pisses them off but yeah you're right they could have it doesn't get to Stranger Things level of like mind flayer army, mm-hmm. does it? I don't mm. think. Yeah, yeah, and maybe these are just questions that in this period of the nineties and for this genre, they were thinking it doesn't matter. Like this isn't the main part. The main part is like the kids coming together, teenagers, whatever, coming together and banding, and it's about they have different positions in the social hierarchies and how that all blends and but this stuff it doesn't really matter that much it's more that it's them against the evil and i think maybe they were focused more on that i think if they made it now they would if it was an idea that was formed now they would make it a tv series it would be like a netflix series fuck you amazon prime it'd be a netflix series (laughs) and so, it, but I mean, they wouldn't make it because they wouldn't be able to compete with Stranger Things now, would they? It's kind of done. But it would be that kind of show, I think, where you have, like, the core cast. Mm-hmm. You can really get into all their backgrounds because we get a little bit, don't they? Like, Zeke's parents, where the fuck are they? We want more Shooter McGavin. We don't even know about the others. <laughs> like, you you know, we'd have a bit more of their own lives. They, You'd build the relationships and some flesh them out a little bit. And then we'd have the sci-fi horror element and it would explain all that shit we'd know where the bug came from we'd know exactly how it replicated in the body because the really cool scientists would survive long enough to be able to tell us and it yeah. would you know we'd go through we'd have all that stuff how it was like oh, is it one mind but they because they still have independent thought don't they they can still act like themselves they're not completely like taken over army people like we'd have all that wouldn't we I think it would make a really good TV series, but we've got Stranger Things, yeah. so we don't need yeah. it. Yeah, we do. I mean, the the difference, I guess, is that it's parasites. So it's not like in Stranger Things, it's the upside down and the worlds yeah. are sort of blending where this is different, is like an alien race. So I, I can actually foresee it. I could see that happening like one day. You know, they did like a Scream TV show. I don't think it did very well. I think it only did like two seasons. It was on MTV. But, I mean, that also... I mean, they've just released the Sith Scream movie, um, mm. so there's definitely still an audience for it. So I'd imagine that a faculty TV show would be good if they sort of did it in the right way. So who knows? We'll see. Netflix is doing all kinds of stuff, isn't it? So well, email, yeah. Kev, well, okay. email Kev and see if he's got time to put something <laughs> yeah. together. Throw something down. Well... We then get to the introduction of our characters, our like teenage characters, and it's doing it with there's an introduction and then like a freeze frame and their name comes up in like red, which is so nineties. Did I you loved love it. it? I loved it. And already I was like, This is the Breakfast Club. Have you seen the Breakfast Club? Like 
It's one, yes. of, my, it's one of my favourite films. It's one of the few yeah. films I have seen. Um, Mess so, with the ball. Yeah. Get the horns. Yeah. So I was immediately like, you're already painting these people. We've got every, one from every group of the school here, haven't we? We've got like the jock. And we've got, like, the prom queen who does all the activities in the school paper. And then we've got the nerd who's getting beaten up. We've got the goth girl that hates life, doesn't want to be here. We've got, like, the brand new kid who obviously we at the time think is just a really cute out, like, out-of-towner. We've got the rebel that sells drugs from his car. So it's immediately, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, the breakfast club. Like, they've picked... It must be heavy, heavily influenced by that. It must be. It can't, this can't be a coincidence. So I immediately was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be good. They're even getting their own little <laughs> steals at the beginning. This is going to be... So, I knew from that moment I was going to like it, even if it got oh, really good. scary. Because we haven't even... We haven't discussed that yet. Did you like it? Yeah, I really did. Oh, I really good. did, okay. yeah. I, I was surprised because I thought... I thought, oh, it's going to be like keep saying she's all that because i can't think of any other films of that time but i wasn't massively into those films but i thought it was going to be a bit of that and then like scream like stabby unnecessary violence what the fuck is happening and it was neither of those things so i appreciated it good okay excellent well yeah we get all these perfect introductions uh stokely who <laughs> like the the goth girl her voice in this i got i get really concerned that if i was an american woman that is how i would sound because <laughs> her voice is so flat and i mean it's being done on purpose because she becomes more animated later but even at the beginning when uh casey elijah wood's character is getting like just massacred into the flagpole. Oh, yeah. That's not nice. Nasty. Is it? Not at all. And that would it's actually like really damage, damage now. Yeah. You. Really damage. No kids. little mini hobbits. <laughs> no. Um, but she goes past and she's like, crash and burn, Casey. It's like yeah, so, so flat. <laughs> Wait, what do you love about it? It's so Kevin Williamson. Well, yeah, and also I probably wish that I was as cool as her when I was at school. Okay, so like, you think she's cool? Well, I I mean, I don't know that... I think we discover that she's doing a lot of it for effect, isn't she, and as a coping strategy. And now I'm saying that out loud, I probably adopted a bit of that as a coping strategy. If you don't feel like you fit in, you don't fucking try you just go completely run in the opposite direction if i don't i'm trying my best to fit in and it doesn't work so i may as well just be whoever the fuck i want to be so that was Mm -hmm. like wearing a dog collar and smoking roll-ups and like the baggy skater (laughs) jeans and all the other girls are wearing like the really tight low rise i don't know what the fuck was going on corsets as tops so i Mm -hmm. went the other way and was like i'll just dress how I want to dress I did, I don't think I was as aggressive as her and I did have some friends right but so I mean I and I guess she does too to an extent because she gets on well with Casey yeah I mean and her evolution of a character is quite sad really like as in I, so I really like her she's probably my maybe my favorite character in it um mm. because 
she she's kind of true to herself the whole way through but what i didn't like was then at the end she's now ditched all of her clothes and she's just wearing like brightly colored or just She's not wearing Floral, black anymore. Just and like a, a typical pretty teenage dress, and she's not got the makeup, and her hair's like looks clean and brushed. Right. <laughs> like, don't change. Yeah. I get it. Like, you got off with him. You've always wanted to. Like, every girl, even on the very fringes, even if like if they wrote a list of the things they wanted from a guy, it wouldn't be the popular kid. Wishes the popular kid or someone of that ilk even knew they existed. Like, a huge part mm-hmm. of the teenage girl's experience is that. I don't know if it's the same for guys wishing that the prettiest girl would notice that they lived either, but a huge part of being a teenager is wanting the opposite sex or whichever gender you fancy to find you attractive. Like, yeah, and it's, it's, a, a ten- it's, it's attention. Yeah, like, it's a sad fact, but it's true. Like, you're all just hormones and, like, that... I hate that that's a huge part of it, but it it, it was in my experience anyway. So I get that, like, she kind of kisses him, doesn't she? Because she's like, oh, in case I never get to do it. But I don't know that being accepted and finding friends means that you give up your personality entirely. So, like, like, I'm a much happier person now than I was when I was a teenager. And I've got friends and I've got hobbies and I don't cry in my room writing my diary anymore. But I still wear, like, weird shit that no one else would want to (laughs) buy. Because that's what I liked doing then. Like that, I found my true me and that was my true me. And mm-hmm. I guess like certain situations, I might try and look like I know what I'm talking about and I'm a grown up. But the rest of the time, I dress like a CBeebies presenter. Like I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or I still listen to the music that I liked and I still read the books mm-hmm. that I liked. And I still wear my makeup mm-hmm. how I want to. And it's like she gave all that up because mm. the jock decided to go out with her a month later. I yeah I agree I guess the argument if Kevin Williamson was here I guess his argument would be but who she is at the end is who she always was and that she was putting this on and then he broke down the barriers and then she could be who she wanted to be it didn't it doesn't read that way no. because we've never seen any anything other than that and I agree with you I I mean that's something that as I got older i kind of leaned into uh i've been trying i've been trying to coin it as having an adult mind with my inner child's inner spirit you kind of have the spirit of your inner child with your adult brain and i mean obviously i mean look at both of our backdrops as much as they're both very (laughs) as much as they're both very different this is basically This is your twelve-year-old talking to my twelve-year-old. Yes, you know. Just, I I think you, I think you do revert back to that, don't you? Maybe it's like you get to about thirty, and suddenly all the things from your childhood seem ridiculously like nostalgic, and you need to have them immediately. Mm. Like I'm sat here opposite a Polly Pocket Disney castle and an inflatable Mister Blobby. (laughs) Like what? <laughs> like you suddenly start, and it, you collect all the stuff that you couldn't afford when you were a kid that you wish you'd had, mm-hmm. don't you? Yes, you do. Clearly, I mean, by again, your like clearly. sports jerseys and DVD box sets. Yeah, but I, I think I was saying this the other day to Ethany. It's like when you're a child in primary school, you have like the essence of who you are, and there's no hormones like you said but there's also no like societal hierarchies or any of these other things 
And then as you get older and into your teenage years, all comes on all of this conditioning. Yeah. This conditioning of this is how you're supposed to, act, supposed to act. In this friend group, this is your role. You play this role. In this friend group, you're a lower role or a higher role. And when you're at work, you've got to be like this. And when you're here, you've got to be like this. And it's piling all of this weight on top of your essence, your childhood essence. It's still in there in the middle and is fighting to still try and be you. And then when you get old enough, I hope, and this isn't the case for all people, some people are still smothered and suffocated by that conditioning, but for some people, and I'm not saying that I've done it, but I strive to every day, is they push that conditioning to the side and say, here I am, here's my essence, this is who I am, and this is how I am, and this is the things I like, and I love Nicolas Cage and Con Air and Face Off and the Mighty Ducks and One Tree Hill and whatever the hell, whatever else it is. And you can try and be yourself, but with your adult mind of knowing that this is how I feel about politics, about religion, about spirituality, about prejudices, about these other things that your inner essence didn't know, that you didn't know when you were a kid. And you take those things and inform your adult brain for trying to keep your child in a spirit and hopefully you can marriage and blend them in the middle to having some sort of positive but truthful existence love that you're right we all need to be the children we are at heart with hopefully a little more wisdom exactly well the there you go you just put it in one sentence but, I, but it no, took me like a minute to rant no, what you said was great. Yeah, I do hope that everyone can find that. You're right, a lot of people don't, do they? Um, and it is, yeah, it's all conditioning, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's all conditioning. I- and, and I can think back to any experience where I feel like negative and I can feel, well, there's where what I would have wanted to have happened and then there's all of the conditioning. Like even like, um, so let's like take this, the a bee and the wasp flew into a bottle example right i was there at 15 years old with other 15 year olds right and so we'd have all been like oh wow look they're fighting and whatever if i'd been there on my own with nobody else there i know for a fact i would have just poured them out and been devastated but you're conditioned to want to impress or be part of the group or be validated and all these other things And so you can kind of see, then you get to the essence of inner Simon just wanted to be accepted by these other people because he wasn't accepted when he was younger in school or whatever else. And it's really sad when you're older, you can see all those things so clearly. And that's why it hurts because you think, well, if I was there, I would have just been like, oh my God, there's a bee and a wasp in here, get it out, you know, regardless of who's around and who's there. And I guess, but what I'm also getting at is some people had never got there. Like I have a friend that he would still do those things for those validations. And we're 35 now and there's not really much, much, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's sad. And, but it's also hard to go against the grain, even when you're an adult because it isolates you and can put you in a position where you don't have as many friends. Like I can't, like I've lost friends because I found out they voted for UKIP and things like that. And it's like, well, I can't fuck with that. So, you know, 
but I've got other friends that have so many friends because they will put up with people regardless of what they're doing, even if it goes against them, where Ethne and I are so strong-willed of what we believe in, it makes the circle so much smaller. And so I'm I, my real true friend is Dominic. Um, and then, you know, and my my crazy, lovely internet friends, <laughs> such as yourself and Lex, um, and, you know, our other Ravens, uh, it it puts you into a smaller circle and then that's hard because you have less companionship but then I feel like at least you have companionship that you feel proud of because your friends are a extended representation of yourself I like to think yeah what do you think no I agree and it's not to say that you have to surround yourself with people that think exactly as you do or live exactly as you do Mm. so you're all doing the same things all the time and all agreeing on the same stuff but there yeah, has to be lines, like you said. UKIP is it's basically the Nazi Cynic. party for people living outside of the UK. You draw the yeah. line. Like, there are lines, aren't there, that are ap- mm-hmm. almost absolutes. Um, but you're yeah. right. Your circle gets smaller, but you're fine with it. Quality over quantity, as they say. Um, and I do... I don't like to pity people, but I do hope that everyone gets to a place where they are just surrounded by people that accept and love them for who they are, their weird little selves. Um, because putting or having to put on a face or put on the suit when you leave the house all the time is exhausting. I can't, I like mm-hmm. living un- unauthentically in any way, whether you're trying to cover up something or be around people that you feel like you can't be yourself is so draining and it's mm-hmm. really not a great way to live like you'll make yourself mm-hmm. ill um yeah so yeah here's to like having small groups of people that are messy and authentic and themselves and on your wavelength with the same morals and values i'd rather have yeah. like one friend like that than 10 people that I have to go out drinking with and pretend that I give a shit about what they're talking about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For I sure. want people that are like, Tessa watches classic EastEnders and I think that's so fucking sad but good for her. Those are the people who want around me. I'm not saying I want to drag you all to watch it with me. You should. But I want people that are like, isn't she a bit weird? I love it. You know? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And you're definitely right as well about you have to be tolerant of people's differences and there are just lines and barriers and it's also interesting to have friends that are into different things so you can have those conversations but I guess there's going back to your to your essence and the conditioning that's on top of it I feel like there always comes a point where you can almost see somebody else's essence beyond the conditioning and I think that's what tells you like sometimes it's like okay well we align here like, I feel the vibe and the energy. I don't agree with this part. and We can debate it, but uh, we're cool, you know? And then you've got other people that it's just like, no, we're, we're not cool. Or it's not that we're not cool, but we're indifferent. You know, I'm indifferent to you. I wish you the best, but I don't need you around and I you don't need me around either, you know? So yeah. I think that's just part of growing up. And then the other really important thing is just to be kind to yourself as well, because I think that 
like you were saying, people put on the facade and the the mask and the sort of disguise of how they are. And it always comes from some form of pain or something they're covering up or an insecurity or whatever it is. And to just treat yourself with some compassion and kindness and forgiveness and know that we all do dumb things, particularly in like teenage, adolescent times and all throughout life. And to just know that none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes and it's about the knowledge you take from it um, and moving forward and doing the best that you can because that's all that we can do. And to not just hang up on these things forever because you know growth yeah i yeah Yeah. i did i did a lot of therapy on like um like inner child work like be like being really compassionate to your child self so almost envision you talking to yourself as a child Mm -hmm. before perhaps trauma or pain or you know all the shit that you've been through how would you speak to that child? And that is how you should always speak to yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it sort of, it helps you frame things in a better way. So if you're thinking to yourself, for fuck's sake, I got that wrong. Like I'm the shittest person. I'm shit at this. I should have done it better. Like actually, would you have said that to little six year old you that was just doing her best? That's not how mm-hmm. you speak to her. And that's really helped me let go of a lot of, mistakes and things rather than sort of ruminating on stuff and speaking to myself a bit more kindly yeah definitely Ephany says that all the time as well and because i i have beaten up past versions of simon so much that he's just like a mess you know and it's so unkind because if and i try and think of it in that way too that if i was speaking to a 17 year old 15 year old whatever that I didn't know and the advice and how I would treat them would be a million times better than I would treat myself. And yeah, so I fully agree. So anyone that's listening that feels any of these ways, just be kind to yourself. We all just make, make mistakes. We just got to do our best and enjoy movies like the faculty because otherwise you're going to, you know, be, you're going to be Stokely before she gets with Stan. Well, do you know, there's a missed opportunity, I thought. I didn't like, or I don't know what it is, but I didn't like the way that her lesbianism was treated in the movie. That, And I was shocked, uh, surprised by Kevin Williamson, who is an openly gay man, to write it in such a way that, oh, I just use it as being an aggressive lesbian as a deterrent from people so they won't be my friend. And so you'd think... I would assume that she actually is a lesbian and there's going to be something that happens with it and it hopefully would be like a, a good outcome. But obviously, but no, not not at all. I mean, what were you surprised by that when it went that direction? Well, yeah, because there's two things. There's one that it's the aggressive lesbian stereotype. And the second thing mm-hmm. is that her being a lesbian would mean that no one would talk to her. So she used that as right. a shield. Like right. both those things are really problematic, and you but, could. But you also could... true at the time, though. Like, yes. as in, not like we can't downplay that this film is only is twenty five years ago, but twenty five years ago is a completely different place for the LGBTQ plus community in the UK. Is all that 
the experience that we can talk to, right? But if you would had been openly gay in school, in my school anyway, like it was it would have been bad like and that's it was so homophobic um it's disgraceful and so it's wonderful that we're in a much better position that we're in now obviously there's always still room for improvement and development etc but it's way way better now but then it was really bad and seen in that way but you would have thought kevin williamson having his own experience would have written it to been more nuanced than this you think he's only a year or so away from writing jack mcphee isn't he and how differently that was treated yeah it wonderfully treated in dawson's creek yeah so beautifully done um and again especially for its time when i sort of think for starters no one at school was openly gay that i know of i don't think i think my friend came out as gay we might have been in like year 11, so he would have been 15 or 16, after being everyone just assuming he was gay mm-hmm. and making him into some sort of camp caricature of himself. Like that was mm-hmm. all, to a lot of people, that was all that was about him. <clears throat> um, I don't know that there were any lesbians, but it's it seems like until very recently, like that gay was still used as a slur. Like, yeah. oh, if you do something a bit stupid, oh, that's well gay. Or, like, it's something you didn't like, you'd call it gay. Not me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, we as society. Like, and that seems like that's only really recently that people have kind of said, can you actually fucking not? <laughs> like, yeah. I say recently, it might be 10 years, but that's very recent. Yeah, well, I mean, in the... There's been a dramatic shift from the time this movie came out to where we are now, which is wonderful. Um, but I guess for anyone watching it now for the first time or rewatching it, uh, this was this was how it was, and that is sad. But I guess important to to show to show how you know how far we've come and how yeah. I mean, I, I guess our experiences are different here because you have a like an older child um so you've been around children you know the children that i'm around can't speak <laughs> because they're all toddlers you know mm. you're around children that we could come out speak with these things incessantly. <laughs> right and so that's great that they're not saying it because that was the whole thing at school was people would would be referring to every like all kinds of negative things as gay um and it's so sad, but again, can't emphasize enough how happy I am that that isn't the case now. Um, but yeah, so it's it's it, an odd one. It's like they did a the What we wanted for her was fair enough. If you want to go out with the jock guy and actually realize that he did like you, he's quit football anyway. He wants to study a bit. Great for him. Yeah. What would have been great is if. Perhaps she did have a girlfriend at the end, if that's what she wanted. And she was still yeah. a goth self, but she had friends and didn't push people away anymore. Right. Like, that, would, yeah. That, is it, that kind of the... That's what, what I would have wanted for her. It could have been Mary Beth if they had yes. made it started that way, right? Mm-hmm. They came together and before we knew she was an alien. And if Mary Beth's 
human form was able to be reformed somehow if we had more backstory about the parasite well did let's talk about that so mary beth is introduced at any at what point did you realize she was an alien or was it until the final twist it was like right at the end i had no idea that she was going to be the alien like because good well that's how you want it to be because like she fitted into the new kid slot in the group Mm -hmm. of like oh we've got someone from every sort of demographic here like from the high school group so she fitted into that so it wasn't weird to me it wasn't alien to me that she was see what i did that she was there so i really didn't get it until oh you're the fucking alien you're just telling me that (laughs) did you get it before that the first time you watched it oh i knew though i knew the first time because that was the bit i saw yeah 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 because i really i need people could let me know if maybe i'm an idiot or whether they it was done well i wouldn't have known I can tell you, I wouldn't. Even if I watched it now, I wouldn't have known. Like, I'm simple. Like, I sort of simple thought maybe, like, <laughs> like, maybe we'll get to the end and, like, the big alien will come down or come right, from right, somewhere. Right. Like, it yeah, might not Black have a... Style, yeah, yeah, I thought maybe it hasn't got a human form. Maybe it's just, like, it's a little worker ant, little bug thing go out and get the humans and he's just, like, a yeah. big... You know, that it could have gone that way, couldn't it? Yeah, or you could have thought it was the coach, but I guess... Because he was the first person yeah. implanted or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But, okay, well, hang on. Let's let's bring it back a little bit. So we've got Stokely. We've got Stan. Um, he's going he's gonna to quit football. Mm-hmm. Delilah, head cheerleader, all of that stuff. Elijah Wood, yes. We cut to... I might be getting some of this out of order. We're just going to go through just memorable parts here. When we get to Elijah Wood... Casey, I really like that name for a boy. Yeah, I I seem to like. It's very American. I can see why you so like American. it. American. So it would. It would. Re- yeah, it would work with what you've got already. That would be good. Right. Yes. I. <laughs> like as a set. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um. I have it written anyway. Do you not want to go with but, Corey though? Corey, do you want? Do you want Corey? No, nah, Corey. Corey's too close to corny, I think. Right, you have got to think about those things, like how a kid's going to twist this, perhaps, as well. Yeah, well, my dad has uh, a a unisex name, Mm -hmm. which he he hates. Um, Okay. Yeah, which... But I I love his name, and um, my son's name, as you know, is also a unisex name. I seem to be drawn to those names for some reason. I I really like the name Jesse for a boy as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Free Willy. Free Willy, yeah, yes. of course. But I've got so much to talk about about Free. It's such a shame we've done that. All right, let me tell you this quickly, okay? Go on, then. <laughs> when we did the Free Willy podcast, uh, meet Dom and I. I was reaching out to different people to try and get some cast on because uh, I love those movies. And I ended up getting on the the actor that plays Jesse, whose name is Jason Richter. He, I was trying to get him on desperately. That would be like amazing. His brother is a filmmaker, his younger brother, and he has done a like it's like a parody thing called Dolphin Boy, which is like a parody of Free Willy. It's a short film. It's like ten minutes long, and it stars 
Jason Richter, the free willy kid, basically doing like a parody of himself. It's actually really funny. And so I asked him if him and Jason wanted to come on the podcast to promote it and talk about it. And I was so close and ended up being just the brother, not him, which was fine. I thought, well, it's still interesting. So I did a, I, an interview with him. And anyway, it then went, he reposted it on Instagram and it went out on Instagram and whatever. And from that, a fan page for Jason Richter from the Free Woody Kid started reposting all of our stuff and following our Ravens page and, and all of that and being really supportive. And I thought oh, that was really nice. So I followed them back and that was it. That was like a year and a half ago. And so this fan page, and so I've gone into this like Instagram loop, this fan page, they post every day about Jason Richter, the actor, how much they love him. He's the best, best actor in the world, this, that, and the other now look besides free willy he didn't really do much i was about okay. to say like how much have you got to post this isn't like the age of paparazzi everywhere so there's a million photos from you can lift from social media it's such a niche niche fan page i'm not gonna lie to you tessa a lot of it are stills from the free willy movies but that's fine right so then jason richter actually follows the fan page and she obviously loves that because of whatever. And then about a month ago, something obviously happened because he unfollowed the fan page. And the fan page ever since, she has been posting every day about how Jason blocked me. He hates me, but I'll support him forever. He's the best actor in the world. I'll never stop supporting him. Two hours later, another post. I love you, Jason, even if you never talk to me again and if you hate me and if your whole family hate me, but I love you. You're the best actor ever. And this has been going on for about a month and I can't unfollow and I, I can't stop seeing it. the link immediately. This is exactly really the kind of internet drama that I look at until half past one in the morning while watching telly on my headphone, Simon. This is it. This I, is I can't. You know, you know full well. There's a restraining order involved there. She's turned I up at his house, in... boombox over her head with whale noises playing really loud, <laughs> yeah. wearing all rubber with a hose pipe, just calling for him with the weird, you know, the oh, like whale call yeah. at his window. That was a good. Thank that you. was a good whale call. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. Um, so she's going. That, you can do it, Willie. You can jump this wall. Yeah, trying to free Willie jump over his garden wall into his house. You know that is what's happened. And There's she's so now many thinking, jokes I don't here. Know, I don't know why you've blocked me. You know we're such good friends because you're a bit much. Yeah, but I also I also think he's also not the best dude oh, in the world. No. I think if you Google, a couple oh. things will pop up. That you'll be like, oh, maybe not. But allegedly, I don't know. Can't maybe it's speak him doing it. the fan page and it's actually all fake. And that yeah. drama is just to keep people like you refreshing their feeds. It's working. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw free Willy on tonight with the headphones while oh, I have to sleep on the I TV. Why not? Well. <laughs> so, do you know my confession? Yeah. <laughs> Free Willy 2 is actually my favourite one. I don't know that it's I've seen it. It's an unpopular opinion. 
Oh, of course you haven't. <laughs> of course you haven't. Free Free Willy Two was actually filmed where I worked at the summer camp, like the exact like island. Um, so it's like it's really cool to see now because like, oh yeah. But anyway, all of that to say what? What were we even talking about? I don't know. Casey Zeke. Should we talk about Zeke? Yeah, Zeke. It's just the coolest guy. Oh, Casey. Right, hang on. Okay. Don't know how we moved on to there, but when Casey was eating his lunch in the like the empty football stadium, mm-hmm. like I not to be too dramatic, but that literally was me in school. It was literally me. And then when I left school at 16 to go to college, I then did my best to be as much like Zeke as I possibly could be. <laughs> and it's so did I did not do a good job. I did would not have done a good I'm not trying to say that I was like cool like him, definitely wasn't. But like the most dangerous so, thing you did was shit in a glass and throw it. <laughs> I didn't shit in the glass. So Someone you keep else saying, did. Simon. Allegedly. Allegedly. I, I it's very close it's very obvious to see. I kind of have named these phases. Mm-hmm. I had secondary school where it was difficult, very much like the Casey character. Um, but then when I left, I went into, um, oh, what did I call it? Oh my God. You actually named it at the time. No, I named it. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I called it lost, lost aggression. Oh I think my I called God. It lost... Is, will that be the name was... of your first album? <laughs> yeah. Lost <laughs> aggression. You were at home writing your like emo music. Was it like Linkin Park? Uh... Like a little bit of rap and then some screaming. That's yeah, what I'm picturing. It definitely, definitely would be that. Oh no, I can't find it. I think it was, I think it was, um, like misguided aggression oh or something God. like that. But but then, I had I had this car accident and things yeah. changed and it went to um, lost suppression or suppressed the all of my emotions. Album. Yeah, yeah. The like, second album was lost. Lighter vibe. But a bit more mature, like some growth, some real deep, mm-hmm. slightly less angst, perhaps. Well, it was avoidance. It was suppression okay. and avoidance of emotions. And mm-hmm. then came the third album, which was um, uh, Uni Lost or Kyla Found, which was uh, a reference to feeling lost at uni, but feeling found at this summer camp. So, but it would probably okay. be called something different there. Maybe something to do with Free Woody too. That might have then to it be went... like that. Might have to be like a two CD edition with quite double different disc. sounds. But it would have been groundbreaking at the time. Like when Nelly did that double album of uh, Sweat and Suit. I can't say that I Nelly is a favorite of mine. It's not a okay. And then it finally went to. No, there's two more chapters. It went to. Lost at work, oh. found in love. That could be a good. That's a. That could be a good title. I didn't think of these as album titles. Yeah, they kind of work. Of, I feel like that's half almost got a Motown vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit country even. Yeah, I like that. That was obviously <laughs> what wasn't in my career, but had found Ephony, and then I yeah. had found at work, found in love, which was you know everything's good that's your like that's like your Adele album like you know your big like your your ballads a love ballad yeah and then 
I had one for like the pandemic because it was also when my son oh. was born, but I can't remember what it was called. But it was something about family's good and work was. That one trash, would be a but, bit, yeah, that'd be a bit yeah. messy again, that one, wouldn't it? I feel that'd be quite an experimental album and it wouldn't do as well commercially, but was critically acclaimed. Yeah, it has a cult following. Yeah. Like the, like this podcast, yeah, that's like how real, I like to... Like real musicians appreciate it, but it didn't make you loads of money. But you've yeah. made your money by now, you're several albums deep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just... I like that you've named we're... stuff, that's oh, it's so on brand. <laughs> <laughs> well you thought about it to the point that you've named it i mean i i ruminate i think our minds work in a similar sort of way but i haven't named the phases of my life i think maybe that no, well, pandora's box i don't want to open i think it might be too tragic i i i actually recommend it i did it on purpose to not ruminate on specific things so, like, for example, and I'm just using it as the, the follow-through example, right, of this, the the bee and the wasp, right, in this bottle, I would be, I'd be like, oh, yeah, lost aggression. That was in that era, so that's oh. why. And then, oh, I why didn't I do this? I'd be like, oh, lost suppression, yeah. Yeah, it's like It's like, different, yeah. like, it's like put, different versions. You put the CD in the case, and it's labelled, and you pop it on the shelf... And that's where those things, you don't need to beat yourself up over things that happened in that case there on the shelf that you don't need to ever listen to again. Exactly. And then, yeah, a, a therapist. <laughs> okay, we, this is this is such classic Boy Meets World, <laughs> our Boy Meets World podcast. Fuck a me, therapist once like said to me. We've got five minutes left to talk about the fucking film. We've not even got past. The, right, quickly tell me, therapist. We haven't even spoken about chocolate lax- laxatives and cherry flavoured Magnum condoms, Tessa. No, we haven't even spoken. <laughs> Someone God. might want both. <laughs> <laughs> what a weekend. <laughs> I've got to have a bit of a clear out first. <laughs> Let me take the laxatives and then come round in like two to three days. All right. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, a therapist said something about how if you can process through the memories and then you put them into a filing cabinet, in mentally, not physically, and then after a while they'll just fade away. And I always liked that example. Um. So I had them written them. The reason I can't remember what they I did remember in the end, but because I wrote them in my phone while I was processing some things, and I deleted it because actually I don't need, you don't need that it. anymore. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was helpful. Um. So, yeah. Who knows? But yes, let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about Zeke. <laughs> Yeah. Zeke is just the coolest guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got homemade cocaine in Byros and it's guaranteed to do what? You expected me to remember a line from the movie and I've just completely ruined like, it. Do you want to tell me and key, we'll do it again? You can key cut that line. Out. It's the key line. No, we don't do edit in here. This is good. It's oh. guaranteed to No? No. He I watched says, it for the Elijah first Wood time then. this morning, Simon. Elijah Wood says it right at the end. He pumps it. It's guaranteed to... What's your guess? Like the tagline of the film. If I was to give you some homemade cocaine I made in a biro, I'd say, hey, it's guaranteed to... Fuck you up, probably. Close. So close. Fuck shit up. 
No, no, you got it right. Just remove the word fuck and put a different word in there that also has a CK in it. What was this? What was the rest of what I just said? <laughs> you said it's guaranteed, guaranteed to fuck you up. It's guaranteed Mess. to something you up. No, with a CK at the end. It's muck. just the F U. Muck you up. Why would we want to muck? No. <laughs> also, a guy's name. Chuck. He's a <laughs> Captain Sparrow. Jack. <laughs> yeah. I was keeping the U. Was the issue? Guaranteed to chuck you up. That's for you, Chuck. <laughs> I'm fucking crying. No, I was guaranteed to chuck you up. This podcast is guaranteed to chuck you up. Probably. <laughs> if anyone's still listening. Okay. Guaranteed to jack, jack you, you up. up. Right. And we um, got I've the dude from that. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> But you knew. Of course you haven't. You I haven't seen Jack anything. I know Sparrow is. I've met him at Disneyland. Okay. Anyway. Well, did, did you see the dude from that 70s show was buying the homemade cocaine? Not seen that 70s show. Of course you haven't. <laughs> but he's have also... Why here? I'm like the... <laughs> have you seen Face Off? That's Nicolas Cage and... Um, fucking what's his real John? name? John Travolta swapping faces. There's a scene on a carousel. Yeah. I think I've watched it once a long time ago, probably when my husband and I first got together and I was he was making me watch shit that I didn't like, like Jean Claude Van Damme, and that would have been one of the like like horrible films I didn't like. Okay, well, he's he plays a douchebag in that, but in real life he is a Scientologist. No judgments. No judgment there. Well, well, I don't really know enough about it. Okay. It's cultish, isn't it? And I they mean, do bad things. you're not allowed to see your kids if they don't want to follow okay. the religion. Like, I... Okay. That's okay. one of my well, lines. We That's can say... We said about when we, we have can... lines. <laughs> That's one of them. Continue. Okay. Well, I'm not scared to lose our Scientologist followers. <laughs> not that we I'm have. sure there's many of them. I'm sure they're all allowed to watch the films and TV shows we talk about. <laughs> okay fine well we're lo- okay we lost souls Neg- to them simon they're not interested okay well negative things then he's a scientologist but even more negative than that there's been like several several rape allegations against him and he's in court right now maybe not this exact minute but currently there's a trial happening um about whether he's going to be, like, convicted Which or whatever. Which guy is this that we're talking about? <laughs> so, when there's two guys in the bathroom buying the scat Oh, from like him, the beardy guy. Yeah, the guy with the curly hair oh. and he's got some stubble. The guy that's like, this ID doesn't yeah. look like me. Yeah, him. He's I in that 70s show. That, um, one of the executive producers on this movie is Harvey Weinstein as well. Yeah, now that that is because this is a like Dimensions Miramax like movie. Like their production company, yeah. Yeah, it's like saying, <laughs> you know, Universal made this movie. Yeah. It's just they're attached to it because they own it. So, and that's difficult because like all of the Tarantino movies, mm. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, all of that is all under them as well. So they get those credits, Scream, all of it is... Uh, yeah, but obviously, fuck him forever. It's frustrating um, when, yeah. first of all, if you have 
not that anyone loved Harvey Weinstein. No one knew who he was, did they? Outside the industry until it all kicked off. But like this actor you're talking about, for example, anyone else, if you like them too much, because when you find out things about them that you don't like, mm-hmm. it just ruins things for you. And you Never also, meet your heroes. Yeah, and you feel like you can't enjoy the things that they had a hand in because you're giving them money. So, uh, like, yeah. I've bought that film today from Amazon. Harvey might have got a little cut, like, a fraction of a penny for that. Because, do you know what I mean? Do you, definitely, like, yeah. But then yeah. there's the argument of... Oh, he definitely would have. But then there's the argument of... how? Where do you separate the art from the, you know, the the bullshit of the people that are involved in it? Because at the same time... Kevin Williamson isn't a douchebag. Elijah Wood isn't a douchebag. Yeah. You know, all of the, the people in there. So it's like, well, to do you deprive them of your three pound eighty nine or whatever? Um it's a it's a really and obviously beyond all of that, you've got all of the cast and crew and people that behind the scenes that do the rigging and the lighting and the catering and all of that stuff. I know they don't they wouldn't get residual credits for it, but you know, all these other people, there's like a thousand people that might put into this one thing. And then there's that one, you know, see you next Tuesday. And it's it's a really difficult debate. Yeah. You know, it's cancel culture, isn't it? And it's right to cancel someone like that. Um, but it's also you've got to be mindful. It's like the Mark Schwann stuff. Yeah. It's like we love One Tree Hill. And if there was a way for him to remove his... Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. If you're in prison, do you, are you? Do they stop you getting residuals? There should be a thing with like I, the I think it's SAG only, or something. only if it's associated to your crime. So there could be an argument for something like One Tree Hill that actually he perpetrated some of his crimes, particularly against Hillary, while he was there creating One Tree Hill, mm. and therefore yeah. is he entitled? I don't know that they'd ever go to those sorts of lengths to remove someone of the much can you imagine how complicated like Mm. litigation or whatever that would be to try and do that but my friends and i talk about this quite a lot especially around like jk rowling what a twat oh yeah um yeah yeah so that's kind of sparked lots of conversations about separating like the art from the artist and things which is hard to do if something has been a big part of your life like one tree hill for example like when we were watching we were young we had no idea um and for me personally it's about whether i can forget about that when watching it which sounds like i'm being willfully ignorant but so for example r kelly can't ever listen to any of his music ever again because now when Mm. i think of r kelly i think of the horrific things that he's done and been convicted Mm. of so there are certain so it's whether because he is his music in its entirety. Yes, there would have been a producer and there would have been a... But he's so... That's just him. It's his voice even. I don't know. I can't bring myself to listen to his voice. And Ignition is an absolute banger. And it reminds <laughs> me of like being 17 or whatever and going out and it was on every part. Like, But I can't listen to it without being like... Actually makes turns my stomach slightly. So for Would some, you like me to re-record it for you? Oh you know my God, I've got vocal you? talents. You've got the voice I of could, an angel, and I'm sure you can rap and dance. Will you record a video? It. I'm Perfect. a full package. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. 
I'd do the great. like Usher crop top thing oh, and get my pasty yeah. belly out. Oh, please. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You'll put it on the Patreon, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for something like The Faculty, if I hadn't watched all the credits, I almost forget that he was Miramax or whoever it was. Cause it, yeah. I would not even notice. And his role in that movie is so small. I mean, he just writes a check. Like I'm sure that's as far as as far as executive yeah. producing goes, that's it, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's not he hasn't had a creative hand in any of this work. I don't feel like he's seeped into any of it. No, and I actually think it's quite well known that his brother brother Bob Weinstein yeah. was the one that had the creative input, and Harvey literally was just like checks and business yeah. stuff behind the scenes. So. Yeah. But I mean, this yeah. stuff it's, is, e- it's easy for us to say because we're not a victim of those crimes. For but sure. Just from, yeah, my, definitely. from my perspective, that's how I, that's kind of where I'm coming from and look at stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And the same, I have, don't have, I removed R. Kelly from my Apple Music. And like, there's a particular song that I like, love, love, uh, like a really old school song with P. Diddy called satisfy you which if anyone knows is so good and i i won't allow myself to listen to it same reasons um yeah it's a, i have the same thing with mel gibson like i loved lethal weapon those lethal weapon movies dom and i used to watch religiously as kids and you know i won't but it's difficult with Mel Gibson. I sometimes go back and forth because like he's come out and he's apologized, he's moved on, he's, you know, this, that, and the other. And so there is also a part of me that thinks, well, where do you draw the line? Do you, can you just banish someone forever? Or we, we're supposed to allow people to rehabilitate and learn and move on. And I guess it comes to the severity of what it is, you know, and with the, so it's hard it is a, it's difficult to work out it's a case but... by case basis isn't it it's not like a yes yeah and what it we is. need is for people to just stop being fucking dicks and then we could just all enjoy the things we enjoy and never have them like ruined by people yeah. being dicks yeah there you go and for some things people like to enjoy is sniffing homemade cocaine out of pens and so on that note Let's talk about Zeke. So Zeke is just the guy that everyone... I mean, did you find him cool? Yes, because he is the Pacey of the bunch. He's the character that my heart immediately goes, you're clearly troubled, your home setup isn't great. You're actually very bright and intelligent if you could harness some of your creative energies into studying, which is like what his teacher says to him. But you're also, you love a little, you're a cheeky, love a hustle. And he's, like He's not like using Pacey. the drugs himself, is he? He says, like, I don't ever take my supply. He's been a, he's an yeah. entrepreneur. And like Pacey, he wants to sleep with his teacher. Um, exactly. He loved it. When she was grabbing him by the face, he was loving it. Well, let's talk about that. So initially, mm. he's flirting with her, right? And she's talking to him in the car park saying you know that i've had reports from students saying that you've been selling them mind-altering substances um i mean i think you probably do need to talk to the principal about this because yeah. this is pretty severe um but instead he offers her a chocolate laxative and then she's not into that 
Because why would you be? Well, if you're constipated, you'd be into it. He tries to say, like, maybe that's part of her issue. Like, she needs a fucking huge dump and she'd feel better. It's true. You hey, don't, I've also you got don't, some... You don't feel great when you need a poo. You don't, do you? <laughs> like... No, I know, but he's trying to flirt with her. He wouldn't be like, also, I've got a couple pints of prune juice if you want. You know, have at it. <laughs> maybe it's the chocolate element that makes it sexy. If it was a different flavour laxative, I don't know. Yeah, and then he goes then in with the condom, which is so inappropriate. Like, it's actually... Why is she not reporting this? Well, I don't know. But also, at the same time, he's saying magnum size. So, condoms for, for big willies, as we'd we say here. We don't call them that the... here. They don't... Magnum... When I used to hear magnum on, like, teen shows or films, I didn't realise that was a size reference. I assumed it was a brand. It's only recent years that I've come to realise that the Magnum, the reason that's funny and a big deal is because they're like the extra large. Well, and I'm going to tell you now for a fact that 99% of people that would buy a Magnum-sized condom would not be filling that condom. It's that like is literally just throwing a... a chipolata into a windsock. You are not <laughs> yeah. protected if you're using a condom that's too big for you. Right, you just take you're taking risks, yeah, in unnecessary. You want a good fit. No one's judging by the size that fits. Right, and they're probably just using the magnum size box, emptying it out, and just putting regular Do size that. condoms That's in there. Excellent advice. I'd rather people did that than used ineffective birth control. Right, it's just marketing. It's yeah. just marketing, but but then. So then he turns from the laxatives into the condoms, but he's also saying, here are some condoms, they're cherry-flavoured and magnum-sized. Okay, fine. But she's still got to find a magnum-sized penis to put them on, right? It's not like he's giving her the full solution. (laughs) He's just giving her the equipment. Mm. Um, So this is all very inappropriate. So we just jump to the end... He is, like, clearly sleeping with his teacher, right? At the end, he's now a football player yes. for no apparent... Zero apparent reason. It's he not been referenced. no interest. Why did they not have him, like, graduating? Cause he's, or being he's, a scientist or something? He's or... resitting his senior year, isn't he? Because he clearly failed the previous one. Would the better ending for him not be, like, he sat at a desk, they slide the report, like, his final end-of-year report in front of him and it's got an A on it? It'd be plus yeah. to keep it realistic. Like, why Why is it like, oh, he's the jock? Because that's the, like, triumph story. Uh, and all, so like, on a he's rope got is, a... his, is his future. Was soap on a rope. He deserved more. <laughs> or they should have, he should have had, like, a scholarship or something. Or been driving away in his van or... with, like, his meth lab at the back. <laughs> like, he's a big deal drug dealer now. Like, he's like a pimp. You know, he's elevated. He's gone. He's break. He's gone into Breaking yeah. Bad territory. Yes, but 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 also the whole thing with the teacher. Imagine if you switch those genders, and that's how the movie ended. And yeah. you had like the older, like t- male teacher, and then the like female student. I'm, I'm not saying. I, I. It's just. It only works because it's a, a, a younger male to an older woman and that's kind of like the this 90s quote-unquote conquest of like turning the like you know beautiful older woman 
It's it's nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and if it anything, was... yeah, carry on. Casey should have been not in the football, not in the football team. But it was leading like he's got speed. He's running. He should have been like the track team or something. Yes. Except for he, the most ridiculous line in the movie was, "I only think people should run if they're being chased." Who says that? What kind of a line is that? Like, as someone that doesn't run in any capacity, has never wanted to run in any capacity. In fact, the only time I've run in the last 20 years plus was because I forgot to pick up my kid and had to run. Um, Was it an awkward run? Is it like in your mind you're running like Tom Cruise, but really it's some sort of like upward body shuffle? No, it was a shit like a parent's ringing me like are you gonna collect your daughter like fuck like didn't even lace my trainers and like ran to go run and pick her up like it was i don't know what i probably looked like phoebe running in the park but i (laughs) just was like oh my god feel my i thought my heart is gonna come out of my chest i don't think i've ever run like that in my whole life so but other than that, if I was being chased by something and I'm a person that never runs, like I hate it. I just want to be indoors reading a book. I don't want to take part in any physical activity. I don't want to sweat in any way. You wouldn't run. You would just curl up in a ball and hope it was over quickly. That's my zombie yeah. apocalypse action plan. It's funny that you mentioned Phoebe from Friends because I was thinking about you earlier and about us doing this tonight and I was thinking you kind of remind me of like a British, a very British version of Phoebe from Friends. I'm not like as you'd nice be as if Phoebe. Phoebe was super British. Phoebe's too nice. I like to think if yeah, I okay. was a British Friends and character. Jaded. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll a take jaded Phoebe, British like version of Phoebe would be you. Yeah. All right. I aspire to be Pat, but I've got a few years to go. <laughs> okay, well, Pat could be... I mean, that's a whole different ball game. But... Yeah. Okay, good. Who who would you put me as in Friends? Don't say Gunther. We got, it's got to be Core 6, hasn't it? I can't choose a side character. Yes. I've got to okay. pick, pick from the main, haven't just, I? Yes, I just had a fear that you were going to Gunther me. Um... I wouldn't I be offended by any of them. Okay, so I see... You can't ele- choose wrong. I see elements of Ross because he's yeah. like a overthinker, a bit of a worrier, like... I could see you doing the whole fajitas thing where you're just pretending <laughs> you're fine and really you're, like, melting down. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I could see that. So good. Um, you've got a little bit of Chandler... I like to think I've got a little bit of Chandler, but I might just pick that for people because he's my favourite. And so I just, people I like, I'm like, oh, you're Chandler. That's nice. I mean... I I tried to base my whole humour off of him when I was like, when Friends was of an age, when I was sort of coming into my adolescence, I was trying to have his humour because I thought he was so funny. So, yeah. So good. I love a bit of Chandler. So yeah, if I had, I don't know that you fit any of them really well. That's good. Are you happy with that? Who do you see yourself yeah. as? No, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, like Ross, and yeah, I would be happy with some elements of Chandler, definitely. But 
Yeah, any of them. Probably have some monikerisms yeah, as well. I was going to go, the... yeah, maybe a little bit. Monica and Ross are similar in that kind of way, like a little bit of a, like, panicky, bit maybe a bit bossy, but in a, like, I need to regain control of the situation kind of way. Like, a, but I do that as well, though. <laughs> if I control every you element could... of this, I've got nothing to worry about. So I've just become, <laughs> like, a bitch, like... You could have some elements of Rachel to you as well, though, I could see, in terms of being like, uh, like she's actually really funny as well and yeah. having her kind of perspective on things. So I, I, yeah. I like Rachel and Chanda as a pair, like all yes. the way through, like their relationship's really lovely. And I also yeah. really like Cheesecake, so winner. <laughs> I, I did I read that Cheesecake his- off the floor. Definitely. I, I read his book. I say read. Oh, I've got to. it to read and I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's really good. I, well, I won't spoil it then. Um, I mean, I yeah. know you take some drugs. <laughs> no. Well, uh, he has a crush on her in real life. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, st- I, I'm holding out hope for her and David Schwimmer, though. Still. He's on Bake Off at the moment. Well, this went... is going with oh, 13 got... minutes. <laughs> Right, let, I've got my notebook. What happens in the film? Go and I'll tell you what I thought about it. Right, Zeke. Yep, drugs. Yep, teacher. Okay, so then we oversee Delilah and Casey sneak into the the, the teacher's lounge and they see the Salma Hayek getting implanted yeah. with the parasite. Nasty. I- would your parents have believed you? Your dad, like, if he was to shoot a McGavin here, how great would that be? I'm sure your dad's <laughs> lovely, but to have a dad that was like, shoot up. I mean, he's a dick, but it's hilarious. Would your parents have yeah. believed you if you'd got, like, run home, like, escaped and run home and said, I've just mm. fucking witnessed two teachers killing another one? Then there's a dead body in the cupboard. It was something mm-hmm. odd about it. It wasn't your standard murder. Mm-hmm. There was something twisted happening. What would your parents have said? I'd like to think they'd believe me. It's difficult, isn't it? I'd like to think they would. But I guess they did to an extent. Like, Shooter went, right? And they he said, yeah, okay, but I want to see in the closet. Mm. But then they saw the resuscitation doll and the... She's having a seizure and this, that, and the other. And then they think he's on drugs and steal his porn. You know, it's a... I mean, they care about him because they're immediately like, oh, we've got a therapist. That's the kind of parental response you'd want because I think my mum yeah. would have thought, oh, my God, her depression has finally taken such a hold <laughs> that her brain is just melted in her head. Yeah. And immediately been like, I need to get you some sort of help. I mean, look at the kids in One Tree Hill. Like, there's Their parents no, the don't mention give of a therapy. Shit. Right. <laughs> the, Do they? The They're mention not there. of therapy. Therapy's only just been coming up recently, and, you know, the parents aren't about, and they're in their 20s. So, yeah. the bit that I didn't quite understand, whether was it in his own head or were they actually there, is when Casey's then at home. They take all his his internet, his porn, his whatever. I mean, come on, you've taken his internet and his porn. What else does the man have? His only his 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 is a teenager with no friends, oh. no social outlets, and now he can't even flog the bishop or choke the chicken or whatever you need to say. But 
he jumps out the window and the faculty are there, like the teachers are there. Yeah, were they there? But then they disappear. Right, that's it's my unclear. question. It's, it's he... unclear. Okay, so we didn't know. I like to think they probably were actually there, but we've got no evidence of them being able to just like burrow into the ground or jump into a tree or like evaporate and appear somewhere else. Like we've got no, that doesn't happen at any other time. So I don't know how they would I've... have gone that quickly. This again will be explained when we write the TV, the TV show. Yeah, which after after Dropbox is a huge success, will be the people will be more than happy to fund your next project, which will be a sci-fi, maybe a bit mm-hmm. comedy, teen horror movie series. I'm very nervous for people to see Dropbox. Dom and I wrote it like 15 years ago. I'm excited. Are you going to make this TV series before or after you re-record R. Kelly's back catalogue? Mm. And I've got to also schedule starring in the Lethal Weapon movies as well. Okay. You're going to be quite busy for the next sort of decade. That's all right. Or well, maybe by the time I'm finished doing all of those things, well, you'll be able to retire. My son will move. My son will move out, and we can watch. <laughs> I can watch the faculty again. So. In bed, full circle. Right, so loops around. You need to get it done then before he's like eighteen, maybe, and going off to uni or whatever. If that's yeah, it'll future. be yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be my first time seeing him for so, for so many years. So yeah, hope he turns out all right. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> Ethel do an all right job, won't she? Or was she going to be sort yeah, of jet yeah. setting with you, premieres, that sort of thing? You'll have a oh nanny, won't God. you? Oh my God, he's going to become Zeke. You'll have a. <laughs> his... But surely you'd leave him with an au pair. I think Zeke's I'd leave him parents... a couple empty bir- empty biros and say, get some caffeine pills. Get him a little get chemistry starter kit, and he'll be so yeah. busy doing that, he won't even notice you're gone. Uh, exactly exactly which okay which brings us on to there's they're not believing him and we get to the next day because this all happens over like a day and a half at this high school Mm. all building to this big football game that's going to happen the next night stan quits the team the coach is all weird but this is when he's speaking to the coach at the pool this is where there was a lot of adr dubbing is that Mm. what you were referencing yeah and then there was another bit but there was a bit later on. There was a bit quite early and then there was that and I just thought this isn't quite... It was Mary Beth later on was talking and I was just thinking this isn't the sounds coming out of your mouth that don't match quite perfectly. I guess like now on TV shows they would re-record it over and over, wouldn't they? Until the... Mm-hmm. Well, they're just better at picking up the sound even in a busy environment probably now. But a swimming pool's yeah. got to be a fucking nightmare. Like the echo, the water moving. Yeah. No. We also, I think we've got some of this out of order, but Casey obviously finds the parasite on the football field, shows it to the science teacher, the science teacher Mm -hmm. who's really cool and is into it. And this is where we're seeing Zeke coming out with, well, was it here? Is it this? And seeing how he's very intelligent. And I like the line where Mary Beth says, oh, you're just full of surprises and knowledge because she assumed him to be dumb or whatever. And he looks at her and says, I'm a contradiction. Mm. And it reminds so me of the... deep. Oh, you're so deep. Look at you, like, moody and brooding. <laughs> no one understands me. Well, that's the old, I'm just an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a bitch. Yes, you know? it so is. Him and Peyton would totally have been hanging out, wouldn't they? 
Definitely. 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 But then John Stewart gets his finger bitten by mm-hmm. a CGI piranha parasite thing. Yeah. And but we do get that cool moment of where Stokely's got a hand on like the side of the and it uh, makes, tank. Yeah. And it, that's when you start cool. to think, oh, these things are quite dangerous, aren't they? Because they're smart. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, more, they're more than like a bug that just sort of eat, like burrows into you and makes you a zombie. They're like, a, they're actually, that's when I started to think, oh, this is like a really smart thing. That was cool. That was a cool mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. And then that held up. That CGI part held up. And we get stokely and stan having some like deep conversations stan just wants to be a d student he earned that d and and i thought there's some nice moments of showing stokely understanding him and seeing him which was cool and then as the day progresses we get more and more of the teachers and students are becoming the parasites and the teacher that's always having this back and forth with Zeke really goes for him and she's wearing this like red dress and now she's very confident and saying you know your parents just want to be in different countries to be away from you and this is a gif where he's like he's like pointing he's like doing this saying like uh beckoning her to give him more mm-hmm. is quite a popular gif right I'll okay it to you. well I don't even know what I type in to search for that on twitter the faculty and it will just be the top thing. It will just be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a thing. Um, and yeah, and then it gets to a point where they all have to sort of abandon ship and get into Zeke's car and they go back to his place. And this is where he's got his science lab set up and he's got his mouse. The mouse's name was? Fuck knows. Oscar. Right. And oh yeah, and then he like breaks its neck or something, doesn't he? But it gets to see. Yeah, they're the trying inside to. Yeah. Now. Oh, because that that's after the bit with the finger. The science teacher's fingers get cut off, and then the yeah, fingers yeah, are moving. A... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so all after, right. Yeah. Yes. So it's after that's that, happy, isn't right. it? Yeah. And that's the classic bit of uh, where it's like. Um, Zeke and he throws him the like the, like basically the big blade and he's like yeah but yeah he's, and the pen in the eye so I've got this t-shirt I'll send you a picture of it later from the faculty you can't, I can't wear it out of the house because <laughs> on the front it says like the faculty and it's got like these pictures on it it's from this like retro t-shirt design place but you can't wear it because it'll frighten people you can't wear it because it'd frighten people because on the yeah. back it's got John Stewart with the pen in his eye and it's all bubbling out and it says on the back guaranteed to jack you up um, yeah that's but like I've, I've got a t-shirt it's really cool it's bright yellow with pink writing and it says uh, don't worry no one else has a fucking clue what they're doing either but of course I can only wear it <laughs> I had to put it back until my kid was old enough to appreciate it's a swear word but you can't say it yet mm-hmm. But I have to be careful. Like, if she's having a friend round, can't wear it. If I'm just popping no. to town, can't wear it. Like, it's quite restrictive, but it's like my favourite T-shirt. Right. And in that way, it's almost, it's more fun. It's forbidden, you know? Yeah. They were so wild. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the T-shirts, we won't yeah. wear in public. But yeah, he gets his fingers chopped off. Yeah, that's all really good. When we get back to Zeke's place, laboratory, Dexter's lab... 
this is probably my favorite scene of the movie when it's like they're having to all go around and snort the biro cocaine to prove that they're not an alien and i love the bit when and it's my favorite line spoiler for judgments when i don't know why it is but when like casey sniffs it first because he's told to right because he's like lowest in the pecking order and then he's getting high from it and stands like what the fuck's wrong with him and he's like he's tweaking man let him fucking tweak (laughs) (laughs) and he's really giggling it's like really girly little giggling isn't it like he's having a good time I like those moments because they're like the bre- quite breakfast club type moments. Because this is like we're yeah. first starting to see them in the classroom with the science teacher and the weird machete thing, and and then back to his house where they're having to become a team. Because until yeah. now they only really like they bumped into each other and told each other to fuck off. Like so, this is the, and I'm glad these bits are mixed in between because if it was all the other actiony bits chopping off, that'd be the kind of film I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is like the Kevin Williamson-ness yeah. of it, of having all of this back and forth. And uh, and then, obviously, it gets to the point where uh, Delilah is an alien. It's all crawling in her face and whatever. Um, but then later, obviously, we get the reveal that Mary Beth has these weird little blockers that go into her nose, and then she, like, you know... Yeah. Use her little finger to get rid of the I scat. Started, I watched it through once this morning and then this afternoon I was doing stuff and put it on in the background and I thought I'd try and watch it again. Because I wanted to check if when you watch it back you see her do that but it's so quick that you miss it. But I didn't get that far through. Can you I don't do think the, you, you No, don't. I don't think you do. I think it's just like off camera. Yeah, the shot doesn't get it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Because that would yeah. be cool if actually when you rewatched it, you were like, fucking hell. You do see good the little see lid drop off without noticing. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a good a good touch. Yeah. But yeah, and then they, so they go back to the school. It's the football game. It's night time. It's stormy, obviously. This is a horror movie. Of course. Mary Beth on second watch wastes all of his scat by throwing it in the principal's face, oh which is a good touch. Oh my God, they were so wasteful with it. Why, when they were back at the house, did they not manufacture as quickly as possible, as much as possible? That I know they yeah. were caught off guard with this whole thing. It's only been like a few hours. But for the love of God, if this was like a zombie I am legend type scenario, they've gone first. <laughs> they've got no they, strategy. They all start yeah. separating don't they yeah you know when you go one by one you get picked off well let's talk about that so the yeah the principal gets demolished so Mm -hmm. she's not coming back even if all of you know if they beat the what do they call it the queen the the main one and yeah the the big boss at the end the dr robotnik of the whole thing the there we go stan has stan goes out to see if it worked and uh he then comes yeah. back, has been infected. He wastes the scat again. <sighs> wastes the scat. Well, I mean, he didn't waste it, did he? Like, the well, bug pulled it away. Zomb- but the right, sliding right, under right. the door, but then you have to check. They shouldn't have gone out on their own. If you've got to separate, <laughs> go in pairs. Like, come on. Then Zeke and Casey go to the out to the bus, to the parking lot. Casey mm-hmm. has the face off with, the, with Delilah, gets away. Zeke uh, has this show off showdown with the teacher. Her head gets cut off, but that then bit. starts crawling around. 
Have you ever watched The Mighty Boosh? With Noel no. Fielding? Oh, my God. It's... I don't know that you'd like it. I don't, it's... You should watch it just because it's funny, but there's a there's a character in that. I hope people listening know what the fuck I'm talking about. Called Tony Harrison, and he's like a he's got legs and he's like a head. He's completely pink, and he's like this is an outrage. And he's like a tiny little angry, but he's the boss. But he's like a tiny little angry. And it so reminded me of that. I was like, as soon as it came, I wrote it in capital letters. As soon as it came on, I was like, Tony Harrison. And then she puts her head back on. But that's where it's the weird that stuff reminded me of a film I have seen that I'm sure you've seen, Death Becomes Her. Haven't seen. <gasps> it's like, it's an 80s, I'm trying to think who's in it. I want to say Jack Nicholson, but that might be completely wrong. I saw a bit of it as a kid didn't know what it was and dreamt about it ever since wondering is this a real thing or have i imagined this they have holes in their stomachs like a see-through like they've been shot with like a cannonball i forget how they get it i think they fall into a fountain it's unclear shot all the way through and growing up that image frightened me but i could never knew what it was from until it was on like it's usually on at Christmas, I think. It's not a festive, but it's just one of those, what films have we got we can put on? And I was like, oh my God, this is the film. And the whole thing is just a bit weird like that. And that's what this bit reminded me of. Like, this has just got weird, there's tentacles, there's heads being put back on, things crawling some, under the skin. Some dodgy CGI, for sure. Yeah. But she survives in the end anyway. So Somehow, good for yeah. her. Good for her. Um... And then we get to Stokely having her swim off showdown with Mary Beth. It is, it comes out that she she is the queen or whatever the Robotnik, whatever you want to call it. And we get the the swimming scene and that's good. That Kay- scene and Casey's slipping as he runs, which is so nineties. He's always running and slipping, yeah. no grip on whatever trainers he had on. And yeah, it is good where she like she slips and her mouth's Ooh, like bleeding, like and then in the pool. Surely she lost teeth because the blood immediately comes out, doesn't it? Like you've bit your tongue real hard. Like surely you would, and you kind of think, oh, she's a goner because she's unconscious. Like how could she ever? And then we just like yeah. And then we get to the showdown in like the locker locker rooms mm-hmm. with Zeke and Stokely and Casey and. It ends up being just Stokely gets infected, and it's just Casey, and he does the bleachers. And of course, he knows how the bleachers work because though this is the inside, you know, he knows every inch of this school because mm-hmm. he's in it every day on his own, doing yeah. nothing but staring at the floor and the walls. And he's got the speed, so he runs through bam, 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 bam. Robotnik thing gets crushed. But just before it's about to die, spurts all of the parasites into his face, which Ooh, is actually like a yeah. horrible part. Yeah. And then he gets the scat. He's about to put it into the thing's eye. And he says... This is going to... Hang on. No way. Hang on. Jack shit up. Jack it guaranteed up. Jack to us up. Chuck, to chuck you up. <laughs> Jack you up. Yeah, this is yeah. guaranteed to jack you up. Right. And then there we go. And then we get to the, the final part, 
which is ludicrous with now a month later Delilah is with Casey for no reason Stan is with uh, Stokely which is fine and good but she's now dressed like she's a flower girl and Zeke is a football player it's not and Usher is nowhere Usher's nowhere it's not the ending we would have predicted for any of them but it's also not a surprise ending that we're pleasantly surprised by it like you even it's a happy need, ending you even need to do the like ending that does justice to all the characters or it needs to be such a surprise twist that oh actually they're really different but they're loving it but it wasn't it was like oh like nothing was no i wasn't inspired i wasn't hopeful for anyone's future i'm really excited it didn't make sense like the delilah and the casey thing just didn't make sense we saw this is it stokely Am I saying that mm-hmm. right? We saw that coming, that relationship, but she's lost a huge chunk of her personality in the process. She's lost her identity. And Matey is a jock for no reason, when actually his whole goal was to finish senior year, like past senior year, so she should probably spend more time studying. It just seems a bit lacklustre. But, but well, still let's... a good ending. It's still very Breakfast Club ending. Here they are, they're all happy and settled. It's just not necessarily what I would have chosen for them. Yes, agreed. As we have people in the waiting room, oh let's God, go into judgments yeah. and anything that we haven't hit on, we'll get to. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and how could you not? Of course, you must have loved this. We spoke a bit about the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why Tessa, because basketballs go through. Hoops. But yet they also go through nets. Ravenshoops.net. Tessa, who was your favourite performer oh, of this movie? I didn't realise we were doing judgments like this for this scenario. My favourite performer was Elijah Wood, probably. Yeah. 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 It's a good choice. His mind too. I think he he played he had to play the biggest range of emotions, I would say, and he felt believable yeah. as like a vulnerable uh bullied kid. Particularly and when they're sat in the library. It's the library bit, isn't it? Where he's kind of saying to her, Well, maybe the books are like preparing us for this and he's a little bit frantic and I remember it was like a really close shot of his face. And I was like, I believe every word you're saying there, Elijah. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. He's a good actor. Who was your favourite character of the movie? Oh, I'm going to be really predictable and just say Zeke because he's the Pacey of the scenario and I always root for the Pacey. Yeah, Zeke. Zeke is the best. I'll ask myself the questions. Yes. Oh, sorry. Zeke what about you, the... Simon? Sorry. I've got to pretend that I care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> this is a two-way thing. Okay. This is a two... Yes, Zeke, of course. He's, of course, the coolest character. Uh, what about your favourite background performer? One line or less? I'll give you mine so you have more time to think. I'll say one of the, one of the people that threw... Casey into the flagpole not because oh. I enjoy that but just you know it was an important role to set up his character I'm gonna go with 
Am I allowed to just pick like the parasite things because they didn't speak themselves? Sure, but I need a specific one. Do you want the one in the classroom that was in the? No, I want the OG that was found out on the field and then revived with a splash of water. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then that's split what I'm. Mean. Yeah. Or perfect. Birth something or something. Yeah. Okay. Good. What was your favourite line of the movie? Uh, we're going to chuck shit up. <laughs> I don't, that, that's, that's how closely I remember the lines. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with, firstly, an honourable mention to uh, Crash and Burn, Casey. But my favourite line has got to be... He's tweaking, man. Just let him fucking tweak. I did. Okay, yeah, I did like that. I did like that. <laughs> uh, what about your favourite song? There was Offspring. There was Creed. Lots of 90s. Um, I don't know if I can pick a specific because I loved the soundtrack. The soundtrack was so good. I don't know how much influence, like, Kev Williamson would have had over soundtrack choices and things because he just did the screenplay. Like, I don't think he's listed as a producer or a... But Mm -hmm. Dawson's Creek is probably one of the first TV shows that really used music as almost another cast member. Like, it tells a story on its own. Dawson's Creek walked so that One Tree Hill could run. Um, So it felt kind of like that. But I liked the Oasis song, I forget what it's called, that's playing at the end and then rolls into the credits. Mm -hmm. So I'll go with that one. But really, I loved it all. Good. Okay. You have to ask me, Tessa. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Simon. I was just wondering, yeah. if you had to pick yeah. a song from this movie, which would your favourite be? You, you understand that I, I can't ask myself, <laughs> but this is how this is meant to... It took I had to teach Dom to do this at the beginning. I had to be like, Dom, you have to ask me to... Yes, uh, I'm going to go with the Creed song. It's called I'm 18. I downloaded it. I actually really liked it. Okay. Good old Creed. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least... Is the precious, precious rating. But on movies, we do it slightly differently. You get to have two ratings. You get an objective and a subjective, which isn't going to work for you. Well, I guess it will. No, I get it. Like if I was a film critic and then just me for joy. Exactly. So what would your film critic uh, score be out of 10? For the time as well taking that into account so we can't really mark it down for things like the cgi being shit yeah um so objectively is it out of 10 yeah i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten okay and what's your subjective personal view i'm gonna give it a i can't do i'm gonna give it a nine Really, I want to give it an eight and a half, but that's not how we roll here, is it? I really enjoyed it because it's very like The Breakfast Club. There's an ensemble cast of lots of people that perhaps wouldn't normally ever associate with each other thrown together. Um, I like that it's lots of heavy vocabulary. It's it's the Kev Williamson stuff that I like, that and The Breakfast Club stuff. Simon, if you had to rate this film... 
objectively, what would you give it out of mm-hmm. 10? I'd give it objectively a 7, I think. Because there are some points where I wish they elaborated on the backstory a bit more and the ending is just wild. But subjectively, as to how much do I like this film, it's a 10. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it because, well, firstly, I associate it to a good memory, but also it's just that perfect 90s ism to it and he's tweaking man let him fucking tweet like that like that will live rent free in my head forever um when you see someone just having a good time or really laughing do you just say it i want i will now you should i think i've been on that side of things where uh you know yeah just let it fucking tweak man it's like it's just a good time I think it doesn't take itself seriously at all and it's fun and it knows what it is and I could watch this I watched this almost three times like two and a half times in the last two days just I didn't need to I've seen it loads of times um, but I enjoy it so yeah I'd give it a 10 and I've really enjoyed speaking with you about it a little bit great just great well about it a little bit we've got lots of free willy fan pages to catch up on yeah sorry but about that everyone good times as always uh, so thank you for being here and we've got a hit let's hit our ravens on free we're guaranteed to chuck you up that's Anything what else we're to saying say? is that what we're saying we're guaranteed to chuck you up or are we saying ravens yeah no guaranteed to chuck you up I think that's good but do, do you have any closing thoughts um, no, just thanks for having me. This was good fun. I'm grateful you've introduced me to a movie that I would not have otherwise ever watched. Oh, perfect. Good. Well, you're welcome. Let's say I'm, it's guaranteed guarantee to chuck you up on free. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. He's fucking tweaking guaranteed there. Guaranteed to chuck guaranteed you to- up. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. You're tweaking through me off. 